0: What's up? Jason Tatum here. Ball up wherever you are with NBA 2K Mobile. Playing game events to collect NBA legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court. Download NBA 2K Mobile now on the App Store and Google Play.
1: Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran, and I'm here with Andrew Velez and Joe Dells. It's now episode 294. In this episode, we're going to preview both the AFC South and North divisions while also giving our predictions for each team. Finally, back to NFL football Hello. talk. It's been so long since we've had an episode that's just dedicated to the NFL, but it feels like the perfect time. It's July; the NFL season is nearing for sure, and we have to get these predictions and previews out the way.
0: Absolutely, we've been talking about basketball for probably five months straight. I would say, been (laughs) wanting to not do the show for five months. Understandable. Um, very excited to be talking about football. It's been a long time. It's so weird going from last year where it was one football, one basketball every week to. We really were just talking basketball for like four months straight. I think we had the draft. We had a, a draft episode.
2: Other than that, we have not had a football episode since March, probably, give or take. Yeah, this is the most locked in I was on basketball, maybe ever in my life. Yeah. And so it's been an unusual adjustment going from the NBA back to the NFL because usually it becomes May and I'm locked in, it's, I'm ready. But football. here we are July, of course, to football, of course. And, and now we, here we are in July, finally back to football. Feels good to be back. Yeah, I feel like I needed this little hiatus from football for me to to really miss it. You know what I'm saying? To treasure it again. Absolutely. I feel that this season's gonna be great, man. Last year wasn't my favorite year by any means. No way, no Understand. how. Mm. Uh, a lot of things didn't go my way. Some things went my way. Uh, but this upcoming season, I feel a lot more optimistic, a lot more hopeful, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm ready to to chop it up. Facts.
1: You know, I feel great. I'm coming off a high horse. Sure. Coming off the end of last season, I think I could come here and call myself the NFL king. Oh, my God. The Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Oh, man. Predicting well, yeah, I mean, things had, that happened.
0: Chiefs, Bengals. Who else was he ruined for last year on the top? Who's in yeah, his other guys? Just name all the good yeah. teams. Joe
1: Burrow ascended. The only thing I really got wrong was Matt Ryan and Zach Wilson. And Jalen Hurts. <laughs> but the eh, eh. And Tua. Eh, well, no, two. I was very right on system quarterback. Nothing you were right about system quarterback. You know it not, is what there it was. Is. I don't
2: know if there was a single
1: statement you were right about. But the Bengals, I had them beating the Bills in the playoffs. And but man, it's it's it really doesn't it matter.
2: Dude, is it your first time, dude? It's not mine. I don't know what you want me to say. Uh, mine's uh, on. I, D- I, here we are, guys. Should, it was my laptop. I apologize, fucking rookie, bro. Usually I have the volume off. I don't know what I'm saying. I was watching some highlights.
0: Our tour of the NFL is basically like James Harden in the NBA. Every episode, I don't care. Every episode, I love him.
1: But, man, I just think the Chiefs win a Super Bowl alone was enough to, you know, rave about. I'll tell you what, man, you needed it after the year year before. You needed it after the
2: year before, for sure. Oh, no. Lava hot. Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick (laughs) Mahomes. It is lava
1: hot. You had the miss in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, for (laughs) understandable. That's
1: a a lava hot take. I forgot
2: about that. You know what's crazy, (laughs) too? After week two, we don't really talk about this. When we talked about it, who did I have as the MVP? Do you remember that? Mahomes, I'm assuming. refresh my. You know what's funny? Because I remember when we were doing our overreactions of Week One, I had that Mahomes would be the MVP. Mm-hmm. But you all was like, Drew, you can't do that. That's my. That's my overreaction. It's
0: also not an overreaction. It's
2: Mahomes. No, it, wasn't. it wasn't. But I also was talking about them missing the playoffs. True. So that not. It's A not an overreaction. Maybe? Uh, what is, isn't the hot... Uh, it
1: was an reaction because they smoked Arizona and Drew yeah, was like, yeah, maybe yeah. they don't the, need elite Arizona receivers. Was dog yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was
2: just like, yeah, he's going to be MVP. That's why he really never gave me shit on Mahomes because he knew. I was just like, all right, I, yeah. I, I'm respecting
1: Mahomes. Listen, the, the season before... But the Chiefs,
2: I genuinely thought their roster was bad and Mahomes obviously... I thought they were going to take a step back for sure. Like, I wasn't expecting them to go <laughs> <Nah. laughs> blowing win the whole thing. Neither. Are you kidding me? I was thinking about that
0: today. I was like, because I think I had the Chiefs at 11 wins. I had them tied with the Broncos and I was like... How did I not see that? I'm thinking like, oh, Tyreek left. Uh-huh. And I was, that's why I was like, oh, like maybe I could justify it, but never again. Receivers. They yeah. had wide mi- receivers. Marquez
2: Valdez-Scanling, uh, the new show on Netflix called Quarterback, it gave me a lot of respect to put on Marquez Valdez-Scanling's name. Obviously, a lot more smart. Because you really don't hear from the wide receivers you uh, unless they're like the superstar ones. A lot of film of, that he watches, he goes to Patrick Mahomes. He's like, listen, I have this mismatch. Come see me. You'll see me on the double move. I'll be open over the top. One of the next plays in the next drive. So, yeah, some respect to Marquez Valdez. He had some really solid moments. Juju's another one. These just aren't guys that weren't moving the needle for me. At all. And Listen, then they ended up winning the whole damn thing. In
1: 2022, you guys got it. The Rams on a screwball, you guys double-teamed me on that take.
2: Ow. No, we, we, we double-teamed the But this the past sure. season, hey, it, was,
1: it was a triple-team, and I handled the, the triple-team. And I got to the basket, Eagles and I laid it suck, up man. in the cup. Fuck the Eagles. That, that's what it was. Hey, you so, handle the triple team? And in the offense, okay. if you guys don't remember, I told you guys that even if they lost Tyreek Hill, MVS going to stretch that field. Don't do that. I, I said well, that. He going to stretch that field. Come on. We have a major announcement to make, so we are dropping our merch soon. You guys can see us wearing it's the pick size shirts on the show right now. And listen, we're going to give you guys a free—we're going to do a giveaway— Comment your shirt size in the comment section down below. Yep. We are going to raffle you guys off and whoever wins is going to get free merch. How many, sent winners, to their house. how many winners are we are
2: we are we gonna give? I'm feeling generous. Why don't we do three winners? Let's do three winners. Three winners, I like winners
0: is a great that. number. That's valid. Yeah. And these, number three. these are a true fit, because I'm an XL. Sometimes no. I
2: get an XL doesn't fit me
0: right. This XL it fits me like a fucking cozy. No. And it's you know cozy. what's
1: great about these shirts too? is that I'm on a chubbier side. Uh So sometimes shirts aren't stretchy. These shirts are great quality. You're going to get these and be like, wow, they're not Gildon quality. They are great quality. And I stretched out the XL. I'm feeling very loose. I feel like I'm wearing a little 2XL right now. It feels loose if it's my body, nice. And we're gonna pick three winners in the comments. So winners, just comment your size in the comment yep. section down below to enter, and we'll wrap you guys off. And we'll do it live on a Patreon episode mm-hmm. to see who wins. I like that. I like yeah.
0: that. Shout out! We just got back from Summer League as well. Shout out all the people who showed us no doubt, love. No doubt. You know, we got especially that first day. We got recognized a bunch. Uh, we were at through the wire show. We got recognized there. That was um, Shout out to all the people who you know set us up to us. And if you want to hear stories from Vegas, sign up for the Patreon. That's a fact. Yeah next patreon episode we're talking all about vegas what we did there um
2: you know so good time we got some footage from vegas too that probably should go up on the patreon relatively Facts. soon got to send that got to send john john,
0: Let him john has that a up. rough
1: cut of the vlog
0: he does yeah he, he doesn't hurt. have any of my videos
2: <laughs> he doesn't have any of mine either
0: so <laughs> you guys gotta send doing. it to
1: him it, the rough cut was good it was it was a good rough cut okay you know, we will make sure it's last a craft, shout out it's i want
2: to give craft. shout out to my guy paul murray for this this cute little nursing tag man I'll tell you what, I opened it up and I, you said it was something nursing related. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to expect. Maybe like a pin because that's what my mom got me. But this is fire. This is one of those that you use to put your ID on and it says pick a side on it. So this was really cool of you. So thanks, bro. Appreciate you.
1: Let's get into the first topic of the show. Let's go. We're going to be giving our AFC North predictions after we preview these teams. But unlike previous years where we've gone down a lot and just preview each team, we're going to do comparisons. We're going to compare the two teams that are closest to each other within a division. And those two teams in the AFC North, because that's what we're doing today, are the Ravens and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Now, which one of these teams has a better chance to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs this oh upcoming I season?
0: This. I, You know how much I hate this question? Because the, the answer is the Bengals. If we're talking about just is it- who is going to dethrone the Chiefs, They've done it,
2: bro. The last time the Ravens played the Chiefs, who won?
3: Yeah,
0: shout to Claude for fumbling for sure. She was lit. But if the because the question, like you said, we're not just doing you know oh Ravens overview, Bengals overview, whatever. We're having topics within these these little previews, and of course, Joel is gonna go and say who's gonna dethrone the Chiefs because the Bengals already did it. They beat the Chiefs already to go to the Super Bowl two seasons ago. Joe Burrow always plays good against. The Kansas City Chiefs. So the answer is the Bengals. And I don't want to make it that easy because the Ravens have a really good team. And this year, last year, the Burrow Lamar, you had me beat. Burrow's got it. He got it last year. But hey, Lamar's coming. He's not going to stop either. He's fully healthy, he got his bag. He got a
2: new O.C. That's a fact. That's a fact. He's got
0: his weapons. Talk to him. So it's time you start this no-arm Lamar. The back and forth between Lamar and, oh, he's a great quarterback. No-arm Lamar. That's the old one. come on, Lamar. Come on, Lamar. So it's time for you, Joel, specifically to pick a damn side on Lamar. And the way I see this team shaping up, the way I see this offense shaping up, there's only one side to pick.
1: You know, Dales, I don't know where you've been recently. I've given Lamar Jackson his respect. Whenever we talk about the Ravens, I give He's going to throw them 5, their respect. Yards. The reason There's a reason why I'm the most unbiased analyst in the world. Wow. When we talk about the team that has we'll the best chance title? I need to self, dethrone, self, it's self-titled. Word. <laughs> there's a reason why I'm picking this team to dethrone the Chiefs, and it's because I'm unbiased. And it's the Cincinnati Bengals, baby. And you want to know why it's the Bengals? And the, the nerve of you. Me disrespecting Lamar, you've been disrespecting Joey B. He's been disrespecting Joey B.
2: Have we been disrespecting Joey B or been speaking truth about him? Oh, he's at worst a top four quarterback in the National Football League. At worst, that's disrespect allegedly. And we tell the truth about his playoff success and we're apparently hating. Mm. When I say that he's had two good games in the playoffs. Five wins in the playoffs. Congratulations! Hey, I thought team. I thought Our winning wasn't. No, no, and no, bro, bro. Winning isn't a quarterback stat. Don't you do that. <laughs> winning isn't a quarterback stat. Listen, I give him his credit against the Bills, and I give him his credit against KC last year, two seasons ago, I should say. But last year against the Kansas City Chiefs, he was mid. He was less than mid if we're being completely transparent. Against Tennessee, we sp- we had conversations about it. Evan McPherson was probably the MVP of that game. Mm. Joey B had a great he throw to like the sideline. No, a he had a great throw, throw to line. the sideline to Jamar to <laughs> Chase. Wide open. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. He's uh, not supposed to throw ball? <laughs> no, is he, he is. supposed to hold on to the uh, ball? He threw, for three, he threw for a lot of yards. I believe it was like 300, 350 around that. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. The game against the Raiders. All right, game. How many touchdowns do you have there? Let's talk about the Super Bowl, right? Because his numbers got super inflated because of a Mickey Mouse 75-yard touchdown to T. Higgins. So I'm I'm just here to tell the truth. Joe Burrow is great. He's amazing. He is a top-four quarterback. But let's not talk about him like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's all I want. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm not hating. I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm trying to be, as he says, unbiased.
1: You know, the game is about winning. And you may look at the Ironic. Ironic. You may because look at the stats. Isn't
2: a team? Uh, isn't a quarterback stat. That's the only thing I just want to make sure that we're understood of.
1: You may look at the stats and be like, oh, the pass rating wasn't 100, so that's why I didn't have a great game.
2: You told you, me 90, and want, I I won as low to 90. I was like, okay, let's see. He's got multiple games under 90 you want to against know, the Kansas City Chiefs that he supposedly owns. Three and one against them. No, no doubt, but in the biggest game of the season,
1: he crumbled. That was the Who's one. the greatest quarterback of all time?
2: Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Probably. Most likely. What, Peyton Manning's got to be in that conversation. Guess, guess
1: what his passer rating is in, in playoffs all time.
2: Let's just guess 94.
1: 92.
2: 89.8. Okay. Mm.
0: Different which, era. Which means that no, Lennonis there are
1: quarterbacks like Drew Brees, like Payne and have best, better passer ratings than Brady. But ultimately, Who cares about you'll remember You're for You're the your one that most. asked me.
2: You said, what was his passer rating in those games? I just
1: gave him And when you. we talk about Joe Burrow versus the most sack quarterback ever in a win. Quarterbacks that were sacked that many times in games before have all lost. He was sacked nine times, still found a way to that win was the impressive. game. Versus the Raiders, still find a way to win a game. Versus the Chiefs, as championship, Got find it. a way to win a game. Came back from double digits in that game, knew in the game. That was legendary. He performance. did his thing, and this past season versus the Bills. In the snow, elite, They're his thing. Elite, he wasn't great against the Chiefs Why in an the AFC Championship this past season versus the Ravens. Dude, what happened to Ravens? Where he got saved I love versus Humbly. the Ravens, He right right? almost got it done. How crazy is that? Let's not give respect to Baltimore because they do a great job of disguising their coverages. Mike McDonald is one of the one of one of the most innovative <coughs> defensive play callers in the game, and sometimes we look at. We look at quarterbacks through the lens of, well, if you're not giving me 350 and three touchdowns, you didn't have a great game. A quarterback is supposed to control the tempo and give his team a chance to win. And you you can say, you can say, while the Ravens may have limited Joe Burrow on the Bengals' offense, it, they that, limited no. the offense. What, 20 points. What you can say is that Joe Burrow didn't leave any play on the field missed. He didn't. He did, he did exactly what the defense was giving him. And that's what the great quarterback does. Uh, Able enough. to adjust. I look at the Bengals. They're 3 and 1 all-time against uh, Mahomes. The Joe 3 Burrett. and 1 all-time against Kansas City, Joe, Joe Burrow. More wins against him than any quarterback in the NFL. The Bengals have made back-to-back AFC Championship games and the improvement and adjustment I saw from Cincinnati last season gave me more belief in this team moving forward. Last season the Bengals started 2 and 3. There was panic. And the biggest reason for that was because Defenses adjusted to their big player-reliant offense by playing more too high. In week one, the Steelers used too high 31% of the time. In week two, the Cowboys used it 37% of the time. And Burrow through week five ranked 31st in air yards on early downs against too high. And the Bengals were the worst offense against too high coverage. Now, the reason why too high is so difficult to scheme up against is because defenses are able to play different coverages while having the same pre-snap look. When you start off with too high, that can be a cover two. That can be a cover four. But if a safety drops down post-snap, that can be a cover one. That can be a cover three. So we're talking about four different coverages disguised in one in a pre-snap look. And that's why it's so hard to go up against. But this is where the adjustment came. Post-week five, Bengals were primarily a shotgun offense Number one in pass rate in the NFL and had a 65% success rate against too high. Burrow targeted running backs twice as much as he did the year previously. He lowered his sack rate by half. Cut the sack rate down in half. His his biggest weakness in 2021 became a strength of his in 2022. And Burrow finished number one in touchdowns against too high, despite being the worst quarterback against it through the first five weeks in the NFL. The greats adjust. And that type of quarterback maturation is why, to me, he's easily the second-best quarterback in the league. This maturation put less pressure on the offensive line, which last year was still 30th in pass block win rate in the NFL. This offensive line wasn't anything to rave about, and it helped out the running game tremendously by seeing lighter boxes. And you know what speaks to Joe Burrow's greatness that much more? What? The Bengals use the lowest rate of play action. And the second lowest rate of pre snap motion. Which means the Bengals were telling teams you know we're, we're not disguising our offense. You know what we're doing. You can't stop all receivers. And guess what? Joe Burrow is gonna pick your ass apart every time. And that's exactly what he did. Thirty nine touchdowns last year, back to back just on thirty nine touchdowns. While the Bengals have lost key pieces, it, unless you're talking Von Bell, are you counting Jesse Bates? Are you counting playoffs as well? Just in total.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. he had four rushing. Also impressive.
1: The Bengals lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell. I think those will be huge losses in the safety in the secondary. The offensive line improved by adding Orlando Brown. You have now you now have Orlando Brown and Lyle Collins on opposite sides. <coughs> That's a big upgrade from Jonah Williams. And Nick Scott is a solid replacement at safety. He's going to be playing primarily deep. When you have as an elite of a trio as Burrow, Chase, and T Higgins all on rookie contracts still, which means you're able to have a good roster and solid one around them. Lou Arumo is still there, who I thought should have been a head coach. The Bengals are the most likely team to progress again this upcoming season mm. because they have that continuity. The Ravens, I give them their respect. I do. But we have to see how this offense looks like. There's not going to be a big of his adjustment for the Bengals because they know what, what, what they're going to do. The only thing that's going to stop them is if the injury bug bites. That's it. But if they're healthy, I don't see any team being more of a threat to KC than the Bengals' this upcoming season. I got the Bengals winning the AFC North once again. Interesting.
2: I thought we had conversations that you believe this was Baltimore's year. I changed
1: my mind on that. Got it. Because I look at Baltimore, and there's three reasons why I don't trust them. The defensive line is a major weak point. They had a 30% pressure rate last year against opposing quarterbacks which was the fifth lowest rate and the defensive line got worse they lost a nine and a half sack guy in Justin Houston you're counting on Tyus Bowser Michael Pierce Bodrick Washington Justin Matabuki Owe and David Ajabo he's a wild card because he was a third round pick so we'll see if he's going to contribute but that's a wild card there's no (laughs) real standout player and then the secondary outside of Marlon Humphrey at corner you're trusting a lot of average to below-average guys. Rocky Sin, Jalen Armour Davis, Damarion Williams. And last year, the Ravens were 2-6 and six against teams with a winning record. And this year, Baltimore placed 12 games versus teams that had a winning record those last season. Some of them were, some of them weren't, because they lost to the Giants. They lost to the Jaguars. So those were two losses right there. And I'm forgetting the other ones they lost to, but some were definitely without Lamar. There's no doubt. And this year the defense is going to face the third toughest schedule of offenses. And I think that I don't know if they're going to be up to the challenge. I believe in the Ravens offense this year. I think that Lamar is going to have his first 4,000 passing yard season. This is the best wide receiver talent he's ever played with. Mm. And it's a big jump from what you had in Greg Roman, who Greg Roman was, was running 21 and 22 personnel. The majority of the time it, which mean, there was like a lack of receivers on the field because they didn't trust any receivers. Listen, I respect what the Ravens have done this offseason, but the Bengals are just going to keep on elevating because that's what they've done every single year in the Joe Burrow era.
2: It's been proven that when Lamar Jackson's on the field, the Baltimore Ravens simply are a dominant football team. It's been proven that when Lamar Jackson's healthy, it is Lamar Jackson's division because both times that he's gone out, he has left number one in the division. Now, of course, it's been unfortunate that we've seen him injured, and, of course, the Bengals have ultimately been able to, to overtake the the Baltimore Ravens for the division both years. Now, the way I look at it is the Bengals' secondary still does worry me. Do I believe in their front seven? For sure, but you do. You have a Awuzie, you have Mike Hilton. These are two guys that you can trust. Other than that, the loss of Jesse Bates is one that I'm not going to ignore. Their safeties definitely are in question. They did just draft one in Dax Hill. That's the concern if you are a Bengals fan because you're not concerned about the offense because you have Jamar Chase, you have T. Higgins. That's going to be successful regardless, of course. Joe Mixon this past season was probably the most, let me say, I don't want to say ineffective because, of course, statistically it was there, but... What's the word I'm looking for, Joel? Because obviously you did tweet about it. What's the word I'm looking for? inefficient. Inefficient. Thank you. That's the exact word that I was looking for. Yes, you did bring in Chase Brown. Chase Brown's one of those guys that you look at that could be sneaky. I 100% agree with your opinion on that. Give Joel a follow, Joel V. Moran. Now, why I look at Baltimore and why I am extremely intrigued at this is because now Lamar Jackson is supposedly 100% healthy. Yes, there is that concern that he can be injured. But now we have some weapons that we can have some fun with. And Mark Andrews isn't the only one drawing attention because last year we saw Mark Andrews be probably his most unproductive that we've seen him with in the NFL really since probably his rookie season. And that was primarily because now there was no more Hollywood Brown. There was really no outside threat. Rashad Bateman missed some time. Uh, he he was obviously missing time late in the season also. It was, it was just a mess at the wide receiver skill position just as a whole. Dobbins came back towards the end. Looked all right. Just looked a little bit hobbled. Just looked like he was coming back from injury. And he was working himself through that. Also ended up having some good statistically statistical games down the stretch. But he didn't look himself. Maybe we look towards year two to, year two and coming back for him to be a little bit more productive and a little bit more cleaner. Especially with Lamar Jackson. But now... We have Odell Beckham now in this wide receiver room. That's a little bit of a question just because he did just miss a year of football. Now Zay Flowers gets drafted. I know you love yourself some Zay Flowers. Rashad Bateman, although he has struggled to stay healthy... He did play a good portion of his first year, and then, of course, last year he struggled with injury. But he should be back now and ready to go. Now Mark Andrews is not drawing doubles. He's not drawing the main attention of potentially a cornerback playing some defense. The field opens up for Mark Andrews. Now he becomes a threat again. We already mentioned it. Now he has an offensive coordinator that is going to be primarily predicated on improving Lamar Jackson's passing. We don't need to worry about his rushing. He can improvise. He's one of the best Arguably the best Russian quarterback in the history of this game. In the history of this game, yes, absolutely. The offensive line is really, really strong. I look at this defense. Yes, I agree with you. The front line's not the best. Michael Pierce, though, not a name to scoff at. Roquan Smith, one of the best linebackers in this game. That's really where their their money is. is that's where they're going to make a majority of the, the strength of this defense in that linebacking core. And then the safeties. You mentioned it already. You talked about you talked about their corners being a question, but of course Marcus Williams is a great is a great safety in this game, and Kyle Hamilton was extremely impressive as safety for his rookie season, ranked number one in PFF the safety position last season. So to me, I, I look at the Bengals. I understand that they are a great unit. I just understand when Lamar Jackson's on the field, it's their division. And you talked about health for the Bengals. Let's talk about health for the Ravens. It'll be theirs, and I think that they're probably the Chiefs' biggest threat for the sole reason that I feel like you are going to see an improved Lamar Jackson in the passing game, and that's really why th- that's the separator between the two for me.
0: And we talk about their defense a lot. Last year, while they got Roquan at the end, it definitely improved. No but it wasn't always because they had one dominant unit, right? I know you're a big fan of EPA. Their rush EPA was 11th. Their dropback uh, EPA was 22nd. So it's not like either of those units were really dominant. Where they were dominant was in the red zone only 48% of their drives that ended up in the Ravens' end zone ended up being touchdowns, which was fourth in the NFL, which led to them having a top-three scoring defense. So they've allowed yards, specifically last season, between the 20s. But once they get to that red zone, they have a really good job of holding teams to three points instead of seven. So I know on paper, maybe their defense doesn't look like it has all all pros outside of a couple of guys, but I think that really
2: comes where coaching uh, coaching comes into play. And I'm glad you mentioned some stats because I almost forgot to share some. Of course, talking about their defense. In the last six weeks of the season, the Ravens defensive unit ranked fifth in yards per play, third in DVOA, and second in EPA per play. Opponents only averaged 192 pass yards with a four touchdown to three interception ratio and 3.8 yards per carry. This defensive unit was elite mm-hmm. towards the second half of the season, and I only look for this unit to continue that success. And I like how
0: I like how all of the receivers complement each other, right? Rashad Bateman showed in his first two seasons he could win over the top, he has the game-breaking speed, but he could also win underneath. You have Zay Flowers who ran in the 4-4, 4-4-2. He's a bit smaller, but he's someone who get over the top. He showed that in his college tape. And then you have Odell, who could kind of do it all. Now, all of these guys have their own question marks. No Odell and Rashad Bateman with injury concerns. Zay My Flowers, head. rookie year, a bit undersized at 5'9. But I think Todd Monkin coming in from Georgia, and not to disrespect Greg Roman, but he was his offense is run, is run based, right? He's not out there really doing anything that um, you know, over the top in terms of passing the ball. But I think Todd Monken coming in could almost unlock a new level to this offense. You mentioned that you think this could be Lamar's first season for for 4,000-plus rushing uh, passing yards. So I'm looking really at those three receivers. But another guy that could be a sleeper on this team, we might talk about a little bit later, is Isaiah Likely, who we know Mark Andrews is the tight end one on this team. He's going to get a majority of the snaps. But I still believe the Ravens are going to put out their best players on the field. And one of their best players is going to be Isaiah Likely. He didn't get a ton of opportunity last year. He only had three games of 50% or more snaps. But in two of those games, week eight against Tampa, which I think Mark Andrews missed, six receptions, 77 yards and a touchdown. and week 18, where Mark Andrews didn't play, eight catches for 103 yards. He's 6'4", so a bit undersized for a tight end, but 6'4", around 240. He's athletic. He's going to get on the field, and he's going to get a lot of looks. And it's definitely another weapon, because all the receivers are just a bit smaller. Odell, Bateman, none of these guys are huge outside of Mark Andrews. So I'm looking at him as someone who could also kind of reshape this offense.
2: And I mentioned Dax Hill being the one that was drafted and made a mistake. I was talking about DJ Battle, who they recently just drafted. Dax Hill the year before. Dax Hill, Hill, yeah, he was drafted last year. Allegedly, he's supposed to be the starter for this upcoming season, though. That'll be interesting to see, of course, because you lose Jesse Bates. That's one of the leaders of that defense. That's going to be an adjustment period. I
1: think the Bengals have done a great job preparing for departures. Dax Hill, first round pick last year. Yep, they drafted Miles Murphy, edge rusher out of Clemson in the first round this past, this past draft. boy. And the defensive line, you know, we know Trey Hendrickson is a mainstay, but Sam Hubbard, they could lose next season. So they're doing a great job at finding players in a draft and filling those positional value needs for eventual departures. Now listen, the Ravens' defense when they acquired Roquan Smith was elite. It was nothing short of elite. And I think early on in the season, we saw Mike McDonald tinker with a lot of disguises and that's why we saw a lot of busted coverages early on in the season. The game that comes to mind is the game against Miami where they let up three to four busted coverages and they let the Dolphins come back. Throughout the season, the Ravens played more discipline. But I firmly believe that the difference maker for the Ravens this season, if they're going to win the division, is going to be their offense. Agreed. I think Lamar Jackson has a chance to have the best season of his career. Mm, and that's, that's saying something. Because he was the 2019 unanimous MVP. He's O.D. But listen, this is the best wide receiver talent Lamar Jackson has ever played By with. By far. J.K. Yeah. Dobbins, if he stays healthy, can have a top 10 running back season, if not higher. He's that great. He averages about five plus yards per carry That's also, on his
2: career. Yeah, and it's also predicated on the fact that whoever
1: is the starting running back for the Baltimore Gus Ravens, also
0: averages five yards per carry. They're going
1: to have success. Yeah. And the offensive line is a top-five unit in football. Now, last <laughs> season, this is a eye-opening, eye-popping number in a negative way. The Ravens used 11 personnel, which means that they had three wide receivers and more on the field, 12% of their offensive plays. Yeah, that's crazy. The NFL's average use of 11 personnel last season was 61%. Yeah, that's crazy. In the last 10 years, no other team has used 11 personnel 20% or less of the time. The Ravens' use of three wide receivers on the field was historically low, and that's because they don't have wide receivers they can trust. Most of their personnel groupings were 22 and 21 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends, and two running backs, two wide receivers. But Greg Roman used these personnel groupings because the wide receiver talent was not there. Since 2018, the most snaps of wide receiver for the Ravens, Willie Sneed, In 2018, Willie Steen in 2019, Hollywood Brown in 2020 and 2021. And this past season, it was Demarcus Robinson. And they have been 31st in wide receiver spending since 2019. And the wide receivers, Dave, went out and got have been Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Des Bryant, Deshaun Jackson during the middle of the season. So they haven't done a great job (laughs) at surrounding Lamar with talent to – use 11 personnel groupings, but this year, I mean, Todd Monken, it's going to be spread, it's going to be 11 personnel, they're going to abuse it, and teams within the division in the AFC North are below average against 11 personnel when they face that offensively. So that can be something that the Ravens have an advantage on, and that's why I think that Lamar Jackson is going to have the best passing season mm. of his career. I think it's going to be 4,000 yards. I think it's going to be 30 touchdowns. The only thing that can hold them back is injury last two seasons, his injuries have been in the pocket. They have not been on rushes. Yep. So that's the only thing that can hold him back. But the offense is what I look at and I think can be game-changing. The defense, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be steady, if anything. At worst, it's going to be steady. It's going to be an average unit. I think they'll be a great unit. But really, it's this offense that I'm looking at. And I think if Lamar Jackson truly has his best passing season, he's going to be in, a, in contention for MVP next year.
0: Don't forget, when he was healthy last year, 8-3, and three, not number one in the division, but number one in the AFC before he went down to injury.
2: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends nine nineteen. No refund. Subscription auto renews.
1: But ultimately, it's still the Bengals to lose. It's
2: not. Well, when it's you're not. talking
0: specifically about the Chiefs, who's dethroning? Yeah, that's fair. Three that's and fair. One, three and one against. He Holmes knew how nuts. he was predicated. Yes, I know. I know. But
2: that's why I ignored it. Yeah, I ignored it.
0: We're not. We're not course, answering. No. So you don't in have the
1: there. Bengals winning the AFC North. Um I don't. I don't. I don't um,
0: I don't. I don't want to spoil it. We're not doing our predictions yet.
2: Well, I
1: understand. You a I'm here for spoiling. It's a little. No. You go one to
2: five, not five to one. I bet. It's four to one, actually, because there's only 14. Well, I was thinking about top five. So that's, come on. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. You say you love spoiling. I, well, just for today.
1: Listen, Dells. last year you picked the Ravens. You almost thought you got me. and, and, and In the first five weeks. That's unfair. In the first five weeks. Oh, I remember after week oh, one. after week
0: one, I was in my bag. When it's Joe late. Burrow
1: threw three interceptions. Oh, I, or I, I think it was I, four. I
0: knew that was my only chance. I'll be honest. I knew Burrow was going to do that all year.
1: Oh, my goodness. You were so excited. But then Joey B came out of nowhere. Listen. Listen, a loss, for still, the
2: a loss for the Ravens, too. Ben Powers. That's a big loss. Yeah.
1: Joe Burrow is still, to me, the second best quarterback in the NFL. The way Lamar? he processes... Whom? Where'd you have the mark? You Lamar? The is six, right? seven. Lamar is 6'7". Lamar's 6'7 for me. Joe Burr, the way man. Joe Burrow processes the field... This is so crazy. The way he processes the game... Listen, he doesn't have phenomenal exceptional arm strength. But all of his weaknesses, he's cleaned up from last season. Agreed. And this offensive line, I think, got a tad bit better. We'll see how it looks. We'll see how it looks because last year, they still were a below-average unit, one of the worst units in football on pass-block win rate. But this year... With Joe Burrow improving in sack rate, Joe Burrow improving against Too High, being one of the best quarterbacks against it. It's not even gonna matter if Joe Mixon's inefficient because he can be inefficient all he wants, but ultimately, Joe Burrow's gonna carry this offense and he's gonna make it a top unit in the in the league. They and, also, and, and that's why, you know, I just got the Bengals winning division.
0: They also want Joe Mixon to take a pay cut. And reportedly, Joe Mixon doesn't want to take a pay cut. It seems unlikely that he gets cut because they're a team trying to win a championship. And Joe Mixon's still the best running back on this roster. And Samaj P. Ryan, who was their third down back last year, is on Denver now. Brought in Chase Brown, as you mentioned, or maybe Drew mentioned. But I don't think they'll be able to get away with Chase Brown as their only running back. So I'm still expecting Mixon on the team.
1: Yeah, I think Mixon will have a big workload early on. Yeah. I am expecting Chase Brown to take over, though. Think so? I think he will take over eventually. I think he will. I think Joe Mixon's not the same, man. Oh. He's just not the same. He's not. It's like Dalvin Cook. He's he just, hasn't he, been the same in the last
2: two seasons. I would say more so when they realized, "Oh shit, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Yeah. This is the Let's way that ball. we win football games." Then we start. We saw Joe Mixon kind of take the back seat, not be as effective. But then, of course, this past season, definitely inefficient's the word to use when you talk about Joe Mixon's. Season.
1: The next two teams in the AFC North, the Steelers and the Browns. Mm.
2: This is an easy conversation. For
1: now me it's to have. it's a tale of it, two teams. No, <laughs> the Steelers have a foundation that you trust. Yep. You know, at worst, they'll be an eight-win team. Probably nine. The Browns are a team that the, with the talent it's is un, out of this world. It's Undeniable. We understand the talent exists, but you know, I was doing some thinking, and
2: maybe that's why he wasn't as excited when I asked him the question that I asked prior to the show: if they're a top five talented roster.
1: When it comes to the Browns, ever since twenty eighteen, it has been their year. He's they right. have an influx of talent on the roster, and I know most of it can be attributed to the quarterback just not being up to par.
2: Yeah, because Baker's obviously he's one of the worst well, quarterbacks in the league. Well, dif- this guy Shane as a starter,
1: that. he's he's my thirty second ranked starter in the league. I mean, it's a year to year, year to year no, league. I Ever since 2018, we have looked at the Browns as a team that could contend for a Super Bowl and make a deep playoff run. There have been people super high on the Browns. And for me, I understand the hype. It's a great coach, elite offensive line. They have enough weapons at wide receiver this year more than others with Amari, DPJ, and Elijah Moore. I love David Njoku. The running game with Nick Chubb is always going to be elite, and they have a good defense. But with that being said, I think this year is going to show us whether or not in hindsight, the quarterback position is what's holding this team back, or if there's just some inherent bad luck that goes on with this team. For me, last year they struggled because of quarterback play, especially down the stretch from Week 12 onward when Deshaun Sean, Watson yeah. came back. Jacoby Brissett was better than Deshaun last year. I think Deshaun will go back to a top-10 level this upcoming season. And their run defense ranked 32nd in rush EPA, and they had inexperience at, corner, at the corner position. Denzel Ward was phenomenal. Greg Newsom was phenomenal. Maren Emerson got targeted a lot, and he was really the guy that teams would pick apart. But he did hold hold up his own and held up very
2: good for a rookie.
1: But I look at the Browns if they have Deshaun playing at a top ten level. I mentioned the weapons they added at receiver. The defense they made some great additions in Dalvin Tomlinson, who had a sixteen and a half percent. Who Dalvin Tomlinson in sixteen and a half percent of his run defense snaps. It resulted in a tackle, which means I think their run defense will improve. So Darius Smith, Juan Thornhill, Okoronkwo, they have Miles Garrett on there. was one of the best defensive players in the league. This team should make the playoffs and be a real threat. But will they? That's the real question because the Browns have been a team that we've looked at as a threat for a couple of years now. Not for the last two years, but before that. I think from 2019 to 2020, we looked at them as that Will the Browns really be that true threat? Was Deshaun Watson that missing piece? Because they have a lot of invested into him, and if he doesn't pan out, this is going to be a disaster for Cleveland.
0: Yeah, these two teams feel really polar opposite to me. You have the Browns who have the high upside below floor. They might have the largest range of outcomes where if they get seven wins, I wouldn't be surprised. If they got 12 wins, I wouldn't be surprised if everything goes right. And you have the Steelers, who I was down them last year. I said this would be the first year. Tom doesn't get that over five hundred record, and I was wrong. By the skin of their teeth, they got 9-8. and But it does feel like their upside is limited. And a big reason because of that has to do with the roster as a whole. I do think the Browns are a more talented roster, but it's also a quarterback play. Deshaun Watson last season, you go and look at his numbers, by far the worst of his career. I mean, completing 58% of his passes, he's averaging less than 200 yards per game. Seven touchdowns to five interceptions, a quarterback rating of thirty-eight point three, which was bottom six in the league. But you also have to remember, this is a guy who didn't play football for basically two seasons, right? So when you go back and I was watching some of it, I went back and watched his best games. It was Bengals. I forgot what the other game was. Um, and a lot of the things, maybe it was Washington. Yeah, Bengals had like two hundred nine yards. Every other game was like two twenty or less. Um, a lot of it I think should be expected. He was inaccurate. He looked hesitant. He wasn't playing with that same sort of Deshaun swagger and confidence. Um, He really didn't let plays develop. He had by far his lowest air yards per attempt at 7.1 every single season before that was like 8.5 minimum. So I think a lot of the time he wasn't feeling confident in the pocket or not letting the plays develop and wanted to get the ball out. So he either didn't get hit or he didn't want to take negative plays. And really his one of his biggest um, you know positives with his time in Houston was his ability to extend plays and make plays outside the pocket. And you didn't see that as much at his time when he was with the Browns this past season. But I have a hard time believing that Deshaun could go from a top five quarterback, a top three quarterback, honestly, his last season in Houston, and you just forget how to play football at that level. I think the biggest thing for him is really just getting his feet wet again, having a full training camp, having the preseason, and getting into stride. Because you have to remember, he's going from – he obviously was in training camp last year. He was practicing with the guys. I'm not sure. I think he played preseason, but then he was 11, 12 weeks of not playing football. And when you're suspended, I don't think he was allowed to be in the team facilities, right? So he's not practicing with these guys. He's not being able to get that continuity with his receivers. But this year, it's completely different because he's going to have all of that time to develop. And if he does hit, the Browns could be the dark horse team in the AFC if he does hit and you have Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and DPJ and Joku and and all of these guys who are super athletic and can make big plays and you kind of have a perfect combination of veterans and young guys this could be a team cuz Drew mentioned a top 5 roster in the league but it really is just dependent on Deshaun Watson for the Steelers there's a lot of people who are high on them and it's safe to be high on them because they're going to win eight or nine games they're not going to blow up in your face they're not going to have a top 5 pick but i don't see a world where they get to the afc championship game i really don't see a world where they win a playoff game kenny pickett showed throughout his rookie season he progressed for sure right you look at you think of that that first game against the jets where he came into halftime through a couple interceptions and then throughout the season when it was that ravens game he came back and led the, led the game winning drive had that touchdown in the left corner he showed improvements throughout the season and when you go look at his some of his advanced numbers he had 18 big time throws which is 16th in the league to only 12 turnover worthy throws which are tied for fewest with Jalen Hurts under pressure 66% adjusting completion percentage which was 13th in the NFL all around and his regular numbers aren't the prettiest i think it was like 7 to 7 touchdowns on interceptions they weren't that great but overall he's just a solid quarterback who isn't going to do anything over the top but isn't going to hurt you and the fact that the team around him specifically on the offense I don't think it has enough juice to kind of make up for what Kenny Pickett lacks. I like Deontay Johnson. He's a wide receiver too. I like George Pickens. His rookie year was a bit up and down. you look at his, his advanced numbers like yards per route run, uh, his target percentage, air yard percentage, a lot of numbers that if you go back historically for wide receivers, those are the numbers you got to hit. He was below average or way below average on a lot of those numbers. And then Najee Harris who... People have this big discrepancy about before the injury and after the injury, and his yards per carry increased. They went from three point three to four point one. But again, if you look at the advanced numbers, if you look at missed tackles forced per attempt before the injury, or I should say during the injury, was twenty point four. Once he was healed, it was twenty point one percent. His breakaway run rate, which is uh, fifteen plus yards, was two point eight during the injury, two point four after the injury. His yards after contact per attempt were two point seven before the injury, two point eight after the injury. And these are basically all, after the injury, less than what it was his rookie season. So I know a lot of people are high on the Steelers specifically because of Najee, because he could take on that workload. And, you know, after he was healthy, oh my God, he was so much better. But he's still not really this explosive back that could get chunk plays after chunk plays. He's a worker. He's someone that could rip off those consistent five, six-yard plays, but he's not able to get those big 20, 30, 40-plus-yard plays that are going to put you in position to score touchdowns more consistently. I think overall, the Steelers team have a, re- excuse me, have a really high ceiling. Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. For sure. Obviously, defensively, when Micah's playing and, J- and TJ Watt's playing, you know they could be a great unit. But I look at this AFC and I look at the quarterbacks, and even in this division, you're going to have to make those big plays. You're going to have to have explosive-type guys on this offense. And barring George Pickens breaking out because he has that ability, he's that typical X-Y receiver, I just don't see it with the Steelers.
2: I understand where you're coming from. I'll say this. After the bye week, the Steelers were 2 and 6, I believe, were still able to finish the season 9 and 8. They went on a little bit of a run. They only lost 2 games after the bye week. Now, there was some some decent competition. They did lose to Cincinnati. However, they did beat New Orleans, who's just going to be a tough out just for the fact that their defense is so great. Baltimore's defense towards the second half of the season was amazing. Steelers were still able to steal a win from them. Carolina wasn't an easy an easy out. Regardless, they were able, they were able to come away with that victory. Cleveland with Deshaun Watson back in in the final week of the of the season to put them over five hundred. They were able to come away with the victory there as well. Now T.J. Watt also missed a good portion of the last season, and and it showed with their pass win rate block, their pass win rate percentage, and their run their run win percentage as well. They ranked, I believe, bottom 15 in both of those categories. And that's really on the on the fact that TJ Watt just impacts the defense just an unbelievable amount. I don't have to speak about it too much. It's understood how great he is. But a key addition to this offense, to this team in general, was Isaac, uh, help me out pronounce his name. Thank you very much. And last year, they were already one of the better pass-blocking teams where they ranked seventh in win rate as well. The run blocking is what was the issue, and is going to help clean that up. Now, the big question mark with the Steelers is going to be their offensive play caller in Matt Canada. Whenever I talk about the Steelers on this show, that is the number one person that I need to address because he is holding them back, and it was evident last year. And honestly, Pickett, towards the, towards, towards the second half of the season, had to bail them out in some games where they looked atrocious essentially the entire game, and it came down to the last drive, and KP was able to squeak out a W. A few times, honestly, we saw. So... I look at this team offensively, there is a lot to to look at, and des- and there's a lot to be – let me not say a lot to be desired. That's the opposite of what I want to say. This team intrigues me. I look at Najee Harris. I get it, the numbers that you just pulled up. They they try to discredit what Najee Harris is. I think he's a very good talent in this league. In my opinion, he's Should probably... Pass catcher, too. No doubt about that. i, I, I probably look at Najee nice. Harris. He's probably top 12 to that... F- top 12, yeah, 14 that's range. That's, that's obviously very fine, especially with this offensive line that I think is going to be a very impressive unit. Deontay Johnson, where last year was really the first year that he really outwardly struggled with drops. He still was one of the highest-targeted receivers in the National Football League. KP obviously shows a liking to Deontay. I expect him to have a bounce-back season. And Georgie P., George Pickens, NFL young boy. He is going to fully immerse himself and break out this season. I do firmly believe that that we're going to have a mojo segment a little bit later. Expect to hear George Pickens' name. He's got to be one of those guys that you look at. Alan Robinson as your wide receiver three. Oh, I now, forgot the guy, Yeah, Robinson. dude. Hey, listen. Alan Robinson probably play on the outside. He's not much of a – I mean, I don't know what you can do with Alan Robinson. But as your wide receiver three, there's definitely worse options. And now it allows some wiggle room. Well, you put Deontay now in the slot. George Pickens out on the slot. You can do some versatile things there. And, of course, Pat Framuth, who's also one of the better tight ends in the National Football League. The defense, what's really what I really wanted to see improved was their secondary, was the cornerback position. Since the loss of Mike Hilton, they really struggled with that. They go and they bring in Pat P. They go and they draft Joey Porter Jr., who I was very high on during the draft process. Of course, Minka Fitzpatrick, if you haven't as the best safety in the game, I wouldn't really think twice about it. Uh, listen, I'm a Justin Simmons guy, but, of course, Minka deserves that credit. This team is better than I think people give credit for, but I believe that Matt Canada will be the reason why this team is held back. To talk about the Cleveland Browns, this, this unit is impressive. It really is, and it's all predicated on number four, Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson that we saw in 2020, this team could be in conversation to be the best team in the AFC record-wise. I do firmly believe that with the talent that they have, they have one of the best offensive lines. They have one of the best running backs in the game. Maybe you look at wide receiver two as being their biggest need, but Elijah Moore, I do believe in, with a quarterback that can actually throw the ball, no slight to to your guys' boy. Josh Johnson. No, There you go. That's another one, I guess. What Josh Johnson, why is he come to the conversation? No, he threw, uh, that was his best game against the Colts. Oh, Josh I thought Johnson it was Flacco.
0: Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure
2: Flacco might have started and got hurt, but Josh Johnson played that game against Interesting. the Interesting. That's yeah. pretty messed up, actually, because Josh Johnson didn't even end the season with the New York Jets. Yeah. Um, and of course, DPJ, who I am higher on, had over 800 yards last season. So I was surprised to see them be as active in bringing in Elijah Moore. Maybe that's more so because DPJ is coming towards the end of his contract and they don't want to extend him. Maybe Elijah Moore can give them a little bit more wiggle room in terms of financially. However, defensively, the defensive line's unbelievable. Of course, Miles Garrett might be the best defensive end in the game. If again, I probably have TJ Watt. You have to pay in that respect. But last season, Miles Garrett was unbelievable. Dalvin Thompson now gets added to the group. Zadari Smith now gets added to the group. You mentioned the secondary. I think it's one of the best units there is really. Of course, Denzel Ward is one of the better cornerbacks in the game. Greg Newsom was awesome last year. And as a rookie, Martin Emerson really was impressive, even though he was targeted a ton. I think he was top seven most targeted corners in the league, and he only gave up, I think, 50% of those to to be receptions. Not a great rate, but as a corner, he still graded out very well. I believe he graded out as 75. As a rookie, that's not bad in in terms of coverage. I look at Juan Thornhill. That was a great pickup for them as well. I think just talent-wise, this team is overly impressive, and their success is primarily predicated on Deshaun Watson. You guys know my opinion on Deshaun Watson when it comes to playing the game of football. I still believe he's one of the most talented guys in the league. And the Cleveland Browns, all of their success is on his shoulders. And I think that he'll be up for the task.
1: I don't think the Browns are one of the best secondaries in the league. I think I can like... corner I, I can easily name five units I think are better than them. No, for,
2: I understand. I understand where you're coming from, especially duos. But Zavian Howard, Jalen Ramsey, that is an amazing duo. Xavier Howard just had his worst season yet. I look at Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs and, Holland, and, and... Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely understand where you're coming from. Juan Thornhill is not a slouch, and Ron McLeod also not a slouch by any means also. But, of course, Javon Holland is a dog.
1: Um, Thornhill is average. Thornhill's, he's, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, no,
2: but he was a good add because they de- they definitely needed another safety to add to the group. Thornhill wasn't a bad addition by any means. Um, ta- Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs, that's the unit that I definitely will give you. I'll also give you, uh, of J. course, sauce, Kurse, sauce and and, and Donovan Wilson. Uh, also, the Saints the Saints cornerback duo, that's another one that can be in this conversation. The Jets easily. I said the Jets. Sauce yeah. and, and Reed for sure.
1: The Patriots are better. Their secondary is better. Who is it? Jones. Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Kyle Duggar. They you have some know, Christian man. Denzel Gonzalez.
2: Denzel Ward obviously is one of the better cornerbacks in this game. Gregory Newsom was insanely good and again, you mentioned it how he was targeted a ton, but as a rookie he definitely performed very well. I mean, I look at this th- these groups of corners too, especially the Broncos. The Broncos, I understand that Pat Sertan's the best in the game, no doubt. Quan Williams is not a slouch. He was very good last year, especially because he was targeted because they don't want to throw a PS2. I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree there, the but the Packers, just, the
1: Seahawks, Packers, the Niners. And- Seahawks is a TBD. With now. That, but that's is with Jamal Adams coming back.
2: Again, I was saying nice. corners. If you keep mentioning the safety guys.
1: That's a secondary, though. That's a com- that's a complete vacuum of the secondary. Fair
2: enough, but strictly speaking, about their corners, to have three is an absolute luxury in this league. We'll give you we'll give you top seven. Okay, that's fine.
1: <laughs> For me, I look. Did at I the... Did
0: I say the best? Or I said one of the best. Yeah, yeah. Okay, think okay so say I'll say leave. top five or some shit. I'll For me,
1: I look at the Browns. Guys on my nuts. what's going on? It's listen, man. The Browns, I'm a little hesitant. But and why? Mo- it has to do mostly because of Kevin Stefanski. Well, for, for, for one, I'm not as high. You on started the your monologue saying that they have a great coach. They do, but he has to prove himself this year because after winning Pro- eleven,
0: he proved himself once he gave Baker that season. No doubt, after, he proved himself after
1: winning eleven games. He's gone back to back season with ten losses, double digit losses, and Kevin Stefanski has been somebody that doesn't play to the strengths of his personnel. When Baker had that down season in 2021. We know that Baker is primarily a quarterback that lives off of play action and under center. Well, that year, Kevin Stefanski was thrown with Baker out of shotgun the most, and it hurt Baker a lot that year. What's Deshaun's weakness on the football field? Deshaun Watson is a player that I think needs to be in shotgun most of the time, and when he played, he was under center primarily for a lot of it. Kevin Stefanski loves two tight end sets. But they don't have a second tight end on the roster that's really good. They just signed Jordan Atkins. But last year, it was David Ijoku and Harrison Bryant, who was a rookie, they, who was a player they drafted a couple years ago. And it's just never worked because he's not a good player. But Stefanski kept rolling out these two tight end sets. Now we'll see if with the added wide receiver talent, there is more 11 personnel on the field. But Stefanski, to me, is somebody who hasn't been playing to the strengths of his personnel, and he's somebody that worries me. I think Zach Taylor's a better coach. I think John Harbaugh's a better coach. I think Mike Tomlin's a better coach. Kevin Stefanski is the worst coach in this division. He is. but
0: this division has great
1: coaches. Yeah. Like, Harbaugh and Tomlin
0: are two of the top five or six coaches in the league. But
1: in order to win your division, you have to have that coach, coaching advantage, especially if the rosters are similar. Deshaun Watson... He could be as good as Lamar. He could have a season better than Burrow, but will he? I'm still counting on these other guys to have better seasons. So that's why, for me, the Browns. I'm really hesitant on to talk about the Steelers. This is the year they're not going to be over 500.
2: I'm just not going to. This agree. is the year.
1: <laughs> I'm just not going to. Last year they got nine wins by. I mean, uh, by this much they were so bro. close. They were
2: three and seven at one point and still were able to go nine and eight.
1: This year they won eight games. I'll give them that respect. Last year Schedule's they were one of the hard. last year they were one of the least injured teams in the NFL. Their secondary allowed the eighth highest EPA against the pass. They lost Cam Sun. Yes, you can say they brought in Patrick Peterson. Peterson's not better than Cam Sun at this point in his career. Patrick I won't Peterson
2: really disagree, but Pat Pete definitely had a revival year last year. He had year. a good
1: year last year, but Patrick Peterson is so. it, just not the same mm-hmm. right now. You're counting on Joey Porter, counting on a, on a Kelo, or, or Levi Wallace, it is, mm-hmm. who was a corner for the for the Bills a couple years back. He's average. And then the linebackers are weak and they're horrible at covering against running backs. Really, this team is predicated on how much Kenny Pickett improves. He won the last five games he started. There is definitely a moxie factor when it comes to Kenny Pickett last year. He had four game-winning drives and three fourth-quarter comebacks. One of the best deep ball throwers in a game, and he was phenomenal under pressure. He has definitely an it factor to him. He does. But will it show out this year? Is this year the le- the year it's going to take a leap? I don't like Matt Canada at all. No, so, sucks. And that's why I think that the Steelers are most likely going to finish last in this division. Let's
2: pray he gets fired by week three. I'm praying. Should have fired him in the offseason. I don't know why they didn't.
1: And I think this is an eight win team. I do. I, I don't think that they're. Maybe they can go nine and eight. Would I be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. But I think eventually a time has to come where. It's Tom doesn't, doesn't finish 500. <laughs> but if TJ Watt missed a good portion of the last season. They still went nine and eight. Yeah, I understand. And but come on, all right, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think that they'll finish. They above 500, better. they
2: got better than from last year. What do you have them going? What do you have them going this year? I have them going nine and eight. Yes, going A- nine nine. <laughs> I understand, but again, that's the respect for them. their Their schedule is not terribly hard, and honestly, that could go. They could have ten wins. It, the Titans and the Packers are the two flip flop games that I have here. So that's why I have I have eight, I have eight and eight and nine because that Titans team, it, it's hard to evaluate them, and then the Packers. Until we see Jordan Love and really what he's made of, I'm leaning win preseason. But of course, if Jordan Love comes out the gate and he looks really good with the how good the Packers defense is with the personnel they have offensively, that'll be a good game. But eight, nine, ten games—that's that's the that's the Steelers for me. We're gonna talk about it a little bit later and talk about their their schedule and their record prediction. But eight, nine, ten—that could be the Steelers. I see them. I lean more heavily towards nine and ten though. Way more, yeah. Their, their range of outcomes is a lot, mm-hmm. you know, tighter than what the Browns are because th- there is
0: no there's no boom or bust for the Steelers in my opinion. I don't, I don't do. Is there a world do you guys see the Steelers have being the number two seed in the AFC? I would no. be shocked. Kenny but Pickett the, has to take crazy leap. He would, and he just even as a prospect, he didn't really, you know, I was not high on him as a prospect. Yeah, as a, as a prospect, he didn't really show anything at Pitt. Um, five, I mean, he was five-year starter, played five years, never really showed anything on tape that made you believe he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Definitely got it wrong in saying Malik would be better than him. Yeah. That's obviously not true. Sam Howell um, agenda
2: is still alive. Bro. I do
0: worry a bit, and listen, Steeler fans, you should be high on Kenny Pickett, like Joel mentioned. He has the it factor for sure. There is a bit of concern for me who, I mean, I'm not a Steelers fan by any means, but when you take a quarterback in the first round, you give them chance after chance to prove themselves. And Kenny Pickett to this point has proved himself. Like I said, the, the raw stats, 63% completion percentage, seven touchdowns to nine picks isn't encouraging, but the more advanced stats I mentioned are encouraging. But I do worry about when you take a quarterback in the first round and the Steelers who are kind of all about legacy and heritage and want to do right by their guys, I do worry if Kenny Pickett maybe stays with the Pittsburgh. I'm thinking years down the line. I do worry he stays there too long and other teams kind of leap over them because they have elite quarterbacks. And Kenny Pickett might just be kind of a more mobile type of Kirk Cousins who is obviously above average, right? You could think of him as a franchise quarterback. He could set records for your team. But when you go into those big divisional games or big playoff game, you're probably going to be at a weakness there. He already
2: showed it. Big moments.
0: He's, he's not afraid of the big, big moments. The no, he's not afraid of The offensive
1: line for the Steelers is great. Mm-hmm. But the tackle spot is a, a legit concern. Brodick I'm, Jones is a rookie. I'm see. not expecting a lot this year. I'm not. Tackles and usually take a little Akuro, bit. Huh. A curl for is the right tackle, and he was bad last year. Yeah. So the tackle spot is a major concern. I don't think any body offensively, skill-wise, skill, skill position-wise, stands out to me. I think Beyonce Johnson's fine. I think George Pickens is fine, but they don't stand out to me.
2: And in the no, second... Oh, you're, you're not a Georgie P kind of guy? No, I'm not a George Pickens guy. I don't know, man. He's not He's got something about him.
1: And then in the secondary, it's and average at best.
2: Pat Frymuth is a very good
1: tight end. Their linebackers are below average. You Agreed. know, really, it's the, the defensive line and Minka holding that defensive unit together, which they've shown it before. Here's something about the Steelers that... Intrigues me. And I asked this question on Twitter. Would you rather be a fan of the Giants or the Steelers? Now, the Steelers, every single year, you know, they're not going to be below 500. They're going to win nine games or more. But you also know they will never be in contention. Never. In, In 2020... They were undefeated with Ben Roethlisberger. We all knew they were pretenders. When's the in last respect. time we've realistically said, the Steelers got a chance this year, when man? They, they the haven't won a bees. playoff
2: game since 2016. When they had the Killer Bees?
1: The Killer Bees was the last time, and even that then they lost to Tim that's Tebow. That's an error. Yeah, bro.
2: but that's also the defense was the number one defense in the league, and they gave up 316 yards against a guy who supposedly could not throw a football to save his life. That's on the defense. They had a bad a down moment when they were number one all season. They also were. They ended up having to play on the road because they weren't. Uh, I believe they were a wild card team that year, even though they were number one. You should still win game. that game, though. Now, I was oh, they played the Jags at home. I remember Jericho. They lost
1: to Blake Bortles. Yeah.
2: Oh, are you talking about something different? No, sorry? no, no. Antonio Brown, excuse me, was Antonio Brown Antonio Brown that year? No, Le'Veon Bell. That was That, that was 2014. Levy. No, 2016. I was going to say that was a, no 2016 was the last no. time they want to play. I was going to no, agreed, but I'm saying that moment with Tebow was 2011. Oh, Tebow. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. yes, yes that was yes, 2011. Yes, yes. I don't 2011. know if the no, no, no. were well on that team yes. yet. No, he, they no, were not losing to Jacksonville. That wasn't that was one of those that you could look at, but yeah. they put up 35 points because the defense was historically bad. It was funny because they had a great defense and kind of a poor offensive unit. Then they flipped it around. They had Le'Veon. They had Antonio. They had Martavius, Martavius Bryant. Uh, they had an unbelievable offensive line. Ben Roethlisberger obviously was one of the better quarterbacks in the league, led led the league in passing yards multiple times. It did not matter. The defense was historically bad. They gave up 42 points to to Blake Bortles and company. Of course, they made Leonard Fournette look like the greatest running back of all time. Listen, they just. I think I would rather, and I say this with respect because I do respect and appreciate the Giants and their history of their game, I would rather be around mediocre. My team understand that I I I won't be trash. I won't be this amazing team. But I've had some runs. I've put together some runs.
1: I've had some legendary players on my team as well. Well, listen, the Steelers, they have not won a playoff game since twenty sixteen in a while. Every year we know they're going to be five hundred, but they're a mediocre team, and we know they're not going to be serious contenders. The Giants have Recently. had the Giants have had multiple seasons of losing horribly. But they've won a Super Bowl more recently than the Steelers. So are you taking steady success or those give lows in a Super Bowl? Here's the
2: thing. They still have two since the 2000s. Before 2010, though. I understand. They still have two in the 2000s. How many do the Giants have post-2000s? Two. Okay, so what are we doing here? Well, the I Giants don't, I don't have think, one more recently. The, but the I Giants think, also... Okay, I guess that's fine. I, I think we're the, saying just take the teams away. Here's it is. The, John, the Broncos have, have the most recent Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a playoff win since 2016. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be the Broncos, who won more recently, mm-hmm. or would you rather be the Steelers, or would you rather be the Giants, allegedly? Oh, you, have you have Russell made, Wilson, made so Bowl. I'd rather
1: not be the Broncos. Well, I agree with that. In Super right? Bowl. I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. Pretty
2: comfortably. From. Interesting. So, I saw where you had Russell Wilson ranked on your... On your I'm like, expecting top to order. bounce back. So stop but you have Russell Wilson. That's still yeah.
1: a huge question mark. Yeah, interesting. Now, you know what's an interesting stat? The Steelers in the last three years are third in most wins in the AFC. It's the Chiefs, it's the Bills, and it's the Steelers. Yes, again, and they are nowhere. They again, are nowhere near the contention. That, that
2: just means that I'm ending the season off disappointed. But it, I understand where you're coming from too. But would you rather your team be bad or be kind of average? If I could win a Super Bowl in between those bad years. Again, that that Steelers offense, if the defense was average, yeah, but it wasn't, it was. Horrific. I understand, but they wasted.
1: It, they wasted probably they one of the best offenses we'll ever what's see. What's so you'd about? rather be a Steelers fan than a Giants fan. I think
2: that's. I agree with that one hundred percent.
0: Well, that's. I'm kind of taking the teams out of it and just thinking like, would I rather have the consistently above average team who doesn't win the Super Bowl or a below average team who could go on a run every once in a while? I'd rather have the Super Bowl. But when you're talking Steelers and Giants, both teams that have won the Super Bowl yes. somewhat recently, Agreed. and the Steelers are more I agree. successful, I agree. then yeah, you take the Steelers. That's but it. And like the, the, same in the vacuum without the, the teams, then it's different.
1: I don't know. I'm looking at the Giants in the season they just had and how gassed up their fans are. They're gonna win I, four games. I might, I might take them Giants. I might take that Daniel Jones playoff Don't you have wild card masterclass class over anything the Steelers have done He's in the
2: last six years. I, I, listen, I obviously look at this Giants. You bleed team. Blue, blue. Yeah, I, I fuck with the Giants. The team of Destiny. You're making team me, of Destiny. You're making me disrespect <laughs> them when in reality you're trying to compare Super Bowls when again, Steelers have two since the start of the 2000s as well. We talk about them having one of the most prolific offenses that we've seen in recent memory as well with the Killer bees. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown being one of the best receivers this game's ever seen. Ben Roethlisberger being one of the better quarterbacks this game's ever seen. The defense was terrible. What are we what are we going to do? And they still were prolific in the playoffs. You mentioned that they haven't had a season under 500 under Mike Tomlin. It's easy. I'd rather be a I'd rather be a Steelers fan.
1: Moving forward, would you rather be a Steelers fan or a Giants fan? Like I, mean, I know up to this point,
2: me personally I'm already I'm
0: already Giants. a Giants fan. I fuck with the Giants more. Moving forward, I mean the Giants being in the NFC is very appealing. Because you just need it, yeah, you know, that, you need to get past right. Right. one elite quarterback. Yeah. You know.
1: I understand. Yeah. I understand. I mean, let's be real though. The do let's go
2: by talent right. TJ Watt, easily the best out of Clears. the two teams. Minka, probably Clears. number two. Yeah. I'll respect Saquon, put him number three. Mm-hmm. Um Andrew Thomas.
1: Daniel and, Jones clearers, okay. can he pick it?
0: Nah. they I'm same, definitely they're ta- same I'm tier. definitely taking
1: same tier. They're same right, tier. No, Daniel,
0: Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones coming off the better year for <laughs> sure, but <laughs> I don't. See, neither. I think <laughs> both. Year. Both of their ceilings the same. No, I'm not neither not them's sure. going to be actually, elite. I know. I know. Neither of them's going to be elite. They're both. I think
2: both their ceilings is pretty good. Quarterback. Uh, Dan Waller will be back, and now Daniel Jones finally has a weapon. That he can He's going to be a top seven quarterback. To be
0: serious. No. Kim K. So,
2: no. That's what I'm saying. Now they're going to be elite. Well, Daniel Jones is what top fifteen, top fourteen. Around there, yeah. Fringe, yeah. yeah. He's Piggy, in the I think Piggott could so, be a top can, 15 guy. And that's guy. been without wide receivers. He has. He's he has already Dar- one of the best rushing quarterbacks uh, in the and game. And now he has Darren Waller, His who's injured His offensive line stinks still. And the injury in pr- the in rece- the offensive line is not that much better. It isn't. And he still continues to be that dude. Yeah, one year. Two. Rookie year was good. Okay. Bastard. Now, AFC, 25 turnovers? It was a lot, 28? but 24 passing touchdowns? That was elite. And Sterling Shepard, God willing, is back this year and healthy.
1: AFC North predictions – we're going to give our predictions for each team in the AMC North. And, you know, I'm curious to see where you guys have these guys. But before we get into that, talk about mojo and players were investing within the division. Okay. I'm now, me, that. I'm going with two guys on the Bengals. I'm going with Joe Burrow, who this past season went up 22%. He's only going to continue to go up. And I'm going with Chase Brown. Okay. Chase Brown is at $3 right now. Hey. If All you I have him on
0: Dynasty, come shop. Listen, I, I might, I might ask. I might, I might,
1: I might give you a little package, Dels. Daniel Carlson, little package. Sixteen hundred yards last season in college. That was Chase Brown. He's a good runner in between the tackles and has terrific contact balance. This is the reason why I would invest into Chase Brown though. Joe Mixon last year led the NFL in percentage of runs against light boxes, but of forty-one running backs, he ranked thirty-six in yards per carry. 39th in yards after contact, and 34th in explosive run rate. I think Joe Mixon is entering the latter part of his career where he's going to start declining, and that's a big reason why I think Chase Brown has a big opportunity to take over this backfield this year. If Mixon doesn't fall off this year, it'll be next. And Chase Brown at $3, I think, is, is very intriguing and can have a Samaje Piran-like role for this offense.
2: You know my opinion on quarterbacks when it comes to... Mojo, of course. Now, of course, I was going to come up here and talk about George Pickens, someone who started his Mojo career at $6, has worked his way up to over $11, especially with the idea that George Pickens and Kenny Pickett have an obvious connection, and of course, George Pickens can make some highlight plays. He's definitely special in terms of the hands that he has. However, on Mojo right now, Kenny Pickett costs $20. He started a year ago, His price was as low as $12.70. Now, if they continue to just, if they're around that nine wins that I have or possibly even ten wins, that just means that Kenny Pickett's price will increase. And as long as Kenny Pickett and the Steelers do have success, you'll see that translated over into Mojo, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Mojo is very kind to quarterbacks. And if Kenny Pickett becomes a franchise quarterback, that we've had conversations that the potential is there then Kenny Pickett's price is going to only increase. We saw it happen last year with Tua and Daniel Jones. I don't know if it's to that degree with me, with with Kenny Pickett. However, if there was any candidate to break out among the the lower-tier quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett would be that guy for me.
1: And you know Mojo has George Pickens and Deontay Johnson near each other. George Pickens is valued more for the future on Mojo. That makes sense.
2: It does. It does. And that's really what I did take into account also in terms of wide receivers. $11 is relatively— So you think
1: Pickens will be better than Deontay? Uh, no, no,
2: I think they, I think Deontay with the idea that he definitely sees more targets, he is the more experienced guy, his game's a little bit more, uh, let me not say check downs, but of course, that over Underneath. the middle, exactly, yeah. that's where he'll still get his, his love, but of course, in terms of big plays, I definitely would not be surprised if George Pickens had more.
0: Quarterback's the way to go on Mojo. They so are. if I'm picking one, you know I'm going with Lamar. Right now, he's at $66 between Jared Goff and Derek Carr. He's getting disrespected right now. That
2: is disrespectful. It is.
0: Go get Lamar Jackson stock. We talked about it a ton on the preview. He's got receivers now. He's got an offense coordinator that's going to put together a passing scheme that's going to get the most out of Lamar Jackson. He has two really good tight ends. Mark Andrews being one of the best in the league. Very high on Lamar. Someone a little bit more low-key. Been high on this guy since the Jets. I think Elijah Moore, this is the year. Here we go. This is the Here year. Last season, it was a mess for Elijah Moore, right? Between his rocky relationship with Matt LaFleur, you had bad quarterback play, he requested a trade. He had 10 games of four or less targets. He was just someone that really wasn't utilized in this offense. But if you go back to his rookie year, He had multiple flashes. The one that stands out was that Colts game when it was Josh Johnson throwing the ball, Thursday night football, had over 100 yards. Elijah Moore, now with an elite quarterback in Deshaun Watson. You have a wide receiver one opposite of him in Amari Cooper.
2: This could be the year he breaks out. Listen, bro, respect George Pickens. Rookie season, 801, 15 yards per catch? He's a good player. I don't know, bro. You were kind of sounding like you were disrespecting him or kind of sliding him. You just said Deontay's going to be better. Yeah, I do because Deontay is... It's not like Deontay's average. I think Deontay.
1: Average. I think he's. You know, I think he's a great receiver. Yeah. Okay. So well, what great. are we doing? I don't know if George Pickens is going to be a great receiver. I don't know if oh, he's going to be.
2: I, I think that eventually they that it could definitely be a torch passing, and George Pickens can be the better of the two.
1: They're relatively the same age, though. Agree. Is that true? Is Deontay's
0: like twenty six. I want to say Twenty five twenty six?
1: It's probably like a two three year gap. Pickens it's twenty two. George Pickens. Yeah, I was going to say he was. I was going to say yeah, because he came out after his yeah. Team.
2: Going into oh. year two. Yeah, he did come after his junior year.
1: No, Pickens is good. I'm not disrespecting him. You, It kind of sounds like you are. Because I'm not saying he has stars. No, you're saying, saying they're kind of around the same
2: age. Wasn't true. Called your ass out on that one.
1: Deontay is what? 25, 26?
2: I was going to say, Deontay, this is going into year four now? Year five? five. Something like that. Respect Georgie P. Respect young boy. We're going He doesn't drop the
1: ball either. Our AFC North prediction. Let's North do Year five. It. I have the Steelers at 8 and 9. Okay. I have them going 8 and 9. They're coming in fourth. I have the Browns at 10 and 7. I have the Ravens at 11 and 6. And the winning the division is the Bengals at 12 and 5.
0: Okay. Respectable. I like that. I have the Steelers and Browns both at 9 and 8. Okay. I do have the Browns one spot above division record. I have the Bengals coming in second place at 10 and 7. And the Ravens in first place at 11 and 6. Tight division.
2: Okay.
1: 10 wins for the Bengals is criminal.
2: So I have the Browns, excuse me, I have the Steelers winning nine games coming in fourth place. I have the Browns coming in third with 10. I have the Bengals coming in second with 11. And then in first place would be the Ravens with 12.
1: Here we go. So you're basically telling me that the Bengals are going to fall below their line. Their line is set at 10 and a half.
2: I'm sure the under is probably How like. How many wins do you have the Bengals at? I'm 10-7. Oh, okay. That's that's calm. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Tough schedule. It is a tough schedule. Yeah.
1: I like this. I like this. Um, the lines for these teams. The Steelers are the only team that I'm taking under. They're Ooh, at they eight are. and a half.
0: What's the? Do you know like the odds on the under? It's like minus. I don't know the odds or? on the under,
1: but I know that their line is at eight and a half. I think they fall below eight wins. I think they get eight wins. The Browns. I think it's it's eight and a half too. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's an easy take. I, I would take the upside on that. The Ravens is nine and a half. I think the Ravens are a 10-win team.
2: That's a lock right there.
1: And the Bengals are 10-and-a-half, I believe. are 10-and-a-half. And I think the Bengals will get 11-plus wins in, in the division. So,
2: I do I, have I'm the looking the Bengals winning 11.
1: I'm looking at this division. I'm taking an over on every team outside of the Steelers. Outside of the Steelers, I'm, t- I'm taking an under on them.
2: Don't sleep, man. I'm
1: not. You're sleeping. I'm, you are. What are they? They're mediocre at best. Eh,
2: I'm <laughs> not going to disagree there. They are. <laughs>
0: they, if they team. get into
1: the playoffs, it's going to be a wash game.
2: Every year, man. Probably. Every
0: year. God, that Brown Steelers game was so ugly. (laughs) It was. (laughs) So bad.
1: Moving on to the AFC South division. Can the Titans challenge the Jaguars? I'm way less
2: more passionate about this division than I was. We're getting this one out of the way. Let's be honest. for (laughs) the
1: division crown. No. With all due respect to the Titans, I think this is the Jaguars division to lose. I know you guys are going to talk about the Jaguars heavily, so I'm going to talk about the Titans. The first wow. seven games, Saints, Chargers, Browns, Bengals, Colts, Ravens, Falcons. There's a chance we see Will Levis after week seven. They have a week seven bye. There's a chance Will Levis will start after week seven.
2: Tannehill has to be garbage.
1: Yeah, or they just have to lose m- most of lose these games. They right, you're thinking. You know, Saints could be a loss. He's Chargers nice. could be a loss. Isn't that brain of yours. Yeah, you Browns respect. can be a loss. Even though all Bengals these, can be all these games
0: are potential loss. Because when I went through the schedule, I was like, fuck, but... Vrabel, I, we disrespected him last year too. I remember he, they're just not going to start one and seven. I don't know who they're going to be. They're just not going to start one seven. Colts. Hey bro, I had is to a find win. a way to get them eight wins. I
2: had to get them eight seven. Yeah.
1: Ravens, Falcons. Those are taught. Those are. I think they lose to the Ravens. They they probably beat the Falcons. Mike Vrabel gets the best out of his team, so that's why I respect the Titans a lot, even when they're dismantled by injury. Tennessee is twelve and twelve when they are supposed to lose games. No when they're underdogs, are twelve and twelve, which means you know they come ready to play. And last season, the most memorable moments were against the Chiefs. I mean, you went toe-to-toe with them. Malik Willis, (laughs) 5 for 16, going for 80 yards, and they they were still in the game. And for the division crowd against Jacksonville, Joshua Dobbs plays and starts and gives them a chance to the very end to win that game. They signed Al Shayer from San Fran, Arden Key from Jacksonville. I think those are sneaky, underrated signings. Harold Landry is coming back. as one of the better edge rushers in the game. The problem with the Titans is that
2: talk, it, talk about it.
1: While every team is zigging, they're zagging. Interesting. When it comes to their winning philosophy, they are a smash mouth running football team who's built a good defense and they try to predicate their team on that and, and win that way. But when's the last time a team has won like that? It was the 2016 Broncos, and they had one of the best defenses we've seen it the best of ever. this generation. It was the best ever. Tennessee doesn't have that. Since 2018, the Titans have been 31st, 31st, 32nd, 32nd, and 28th 28th in pass rate. Last season, they ran the ball on 62% of first downs, second highest rate in the NFL, and they were 29th in efficiency. It makes no sense because... When they passed it on first down, they were top three in efficiency, which meant they probably should have passed the ball on early downs more. They didn't do that. I think the shift from Todd Downing to Tim Kelly could improve that. But ultimately, this offense is capped off because Derrick Henry has 1,900 carries in the NFL. He's only getting older. He's 29. The offensive line got worse, one of the worst units in the NFL. And the wide receivers – don't look to be a stellar position group. Respect. If Traylon Burks breaks out, this receiving court is still mediocre at best. OD. I oh, respect. Not an Okoronko? I know you're on court. Cool. is good. Dude. I think he's going to be solid, definitely. He's one of my breakout tight end candidates. But I respect Tennessee because Mike Vrapel will always have the team ready to play. Agreed. Above expectation. But the ceiling with this team is clear. It's going to be a team that teeters around 500 no one will take as a serious contender. And until they change their philosophy from being a run-first team in a league that has been increasingly pass-heavy, I don't see this ceiling being raised anytime soon.
2: This Titans team is not one that's going to be fun, if you ask me. I look at the secondary, still not great. Unfortunate for for Caleb Farley, who obviously was injured last year, first-round pick. That's some, that's someone who you wanted, if you were a Titans fan, to come in and really bolster this secondary. It's particularly the cornerback position, that's one of the, that's just really the spot on this team that desperately needs help. Of course, Bayard's going to be one of those guys that's one of the most reliable in the secondary, and the, their main success is predicated off that front seven. The reason why it wasn't a bottom 20 defense was because of how elite this rush defense was. But you mentioned it. The offensive line's not good by any means, whether it's run blocking or pass blocking. Ryan Tannehill is essentially fi- running for his life what seems like almost every play. Derrick Henry can also do only so much. His yards per carry, his, just his efficiency, definitely last year took a toll and probably the worst that we've seen it since. Derrick Henry has been Derrick Henry in this National Football League. And that's really due to the fact that, one, they abuse him like no other running back that we've seen in recent memory, truthfully. And then two, this offensive line is not good. I'm I am hopeful and I do believe in Traylon Burks and his success this year. But how much time is Ryan Tannehill going to have to get him and push the ball downfield, it's going to be a lot of check downs uh, underneath, kind of kind of plays, screen passes, because Traylon is is that type of versatile receiver that he's capable of. But really, what you want with Traylon is to get him open downfield, push the ball downfield, and with this offensive line, it's going to be very hard to get some push. Now, yes, like you mentioned, it we're going to talk about the Jaguars and the Jaguars last season, their playoff success is what's propping them up to a lot of a lot of individuals this season in terms of early evaluations. I'm wrong. They won nine games last season. They squeaked in. They won the division at 9 and 8. Week 18, yep. Now, I feel pretty confident that it's going to be relatively similar to how it was last year, where I have them at 10 wins right now. But it's not like they're overly – they're not over the top in, in – any position. Like, I look at Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. That is a very good duo. But how was how Calvin Ridley going to look in his first year back? Time, There's a lot of hype behind Calvin Ridley, of course, because of how awesome he was in Atlanta. But they don't talk about how those first five games, well, I believe he played five games the last time he was on a football field. Yep. He, was not at, he was not nearly that what was he was Julio. the year prior. Yeah. Correct. And then, of course, we do have the suspension. Now, he's been basically gone from football about two seasons. So how is he going to look coming back? Of course, it's Trevor Lawrence. We understand that Trevor Lawrence is a top seven quarterback in this league. Top eight at absolute worst. The top guys are really good. So, of course, that's not a slight to Trevor Lawrence. It's just respecting the quarterback position. Doug Peterson also coming in being one of the better head coaches in this league. That is that, There's reasons to be high this team. Travis Etienne was one of the most efficient running backs that there is. The offensive line could be a little bit better, but it's improving year to year defensively, the secondary is impressive. Tyson Campbell, Darius Williams. Um, But really, I don't know if this team is one of those that I'm looking to be a runaway in the division. Maybe we look at them as the runaway because the other teams are so underwhelming. And yes, that is why they are going to be my favorites to win this division. But I don't look at this team as one of the dominant teams, a true contender to win the championship. If Trevor Lawrence takes another progression, which is, is definitely possible, then, of course, then we can start to have those conversations, but just talking preseason evaluation, this isn't an over-the-top roster to me, and with Calvin Ridley, it's really a matter of how comfortable, how seamless is that transition going to be from missing two years of football. I look
0: at the Titans and Steelers in very similar lights. They're very similar organizations to me, right? You have you have head coaches who are kind of the face of their team, right? Obviously, Derrick Henry gets that respect, but... When we talk about these teams, it's like Tomlin, Rabel—they just get the most out of mediocre teams more often than not. Both teams, I think, have talent, but both teams also lack juice offensively. I think the Titans have a bit more with Derrick Henry there. Both teams have good Do quarterbacks. Do they lack juice offensively? I'm high on Treyvon, um, but Derrick Henry oh, takes it over. Guy, Derrick Henry takes over. can be better than both. Henry takes it over the top because he clears. Uh, everyone oh, you're Steelers. saying
2: oh the Steelers? I apologize. I'm I'm thinking of the Jaguars. I apologize. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. You. Titans facts. Um, Still don't know. Derrick Henry just Chiggy is not premium. better than Mooth. He, he could be. He can be maybe. Be. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm going with the It's pretty easy. Then who the Titans? Yes. Ah. Overall offensively, I think it's give pretty me Derek easy. Henry. Give me Derrick Henry on line
0: over Najee
2: Listen, Deontay. the offensive line clears. It's not even a conversation. Uh George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, that is very firmly better than what they have then over there They yes. just Yes. Yes, very, very firmly. Najee, Najee don't forget Derek about Henry.
1: Robert Woods and and Kyle Phillips. Najee Robert and Woods on Najee
2: and Derek. I it'd be anything disrepe- it would be anything less than disrespectful to say it's not a clearing. It is a clearing. Yes, Derek Henry is so. but we have offensive line that's going to the Steelers. We have wide receiver room that's going to the Steelers. And you're right. He is on the Steelers. And Texas. quarterback. It's pretty damn
0: close Both at the, this point in time.
2: I think maybe slightly. So can, Derrick though. Henry's going to teeter the scale for you over Der, all of
0: that? Der, Der, uh, you're, like you're, the big, you're the biggest Derrick like Henry Nagy, fan Nagy, in the I world. Love I love him. I've seen Derrick Henry get
2: 30 carries in a playoff game He's and have
1: 200 go- yards. Go- now she can't do that. But he
2: came off the last last season was probably his most inefficient. At, and, it was. So Listen, the, age, the age is worrisome. He was worrisome. still
1: easily a top 10. But he was still fantastic. Probably top seven
2: back. Hey, don't make this sound like I'm disrespecting the king. All I'm saying is Najee's not a bum. He's not. But the he's receiver not gap Dallas. is strong. The offensive line gap is strong.
1: Derrick Henry down season fifteen hundred yards. Yeah, he's 13 amazing. Touchdowns. He's a goat.
2: He's a goat. But the yards per carry really is where shit gets ugly. Yeah,
1: well, four.
0: It's, it's been going. It's been going yeah. down though. I feel like year by year. The right. offensive line thing. It's it horrible. Does. It's, not it's unfair to him. I, Listen, neither team has great offensive weapons. We could we could move past that point if it if it makes <sighs> you happy. It's okay? not making me happy. I, I
2: like to see <laughs> it.
0: Um, but my last point on comparing these two teams, neither of them have upside. Best case scenario is their wild card exit for both these teams. And the Steelers have a much better chance, in my opinion, than the Titans do. Agreed. But the Titans. They have an offensive identity, I and mean, that identity is give the ball Agreed. to Derrick Henry a 1,000 times a game, let him just beat up the defenders. Hopefully, he gets over 150 rushing yards, gets some touchdowns, and that's what's going to be their offense. Passing the ball, it's going to be play action. It's going to be trying to get guys like Traylon Burks over the top to get those chunk plays, but right now, they, they've they been trying different guys out at wide receiver two, whether it was Julio um, or Robert Woods, and they really haven't found that wide receiver two. Now, DeAndre Hopkins overnight went from plus 500 to minus 300 To sign with the Titans. If DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Titans, first of all, it's going to be a bit of a break in my heart because Traylon Burks isn't going to lead the team in targets anymore. But that definitely gives some more juice to this offense. I don't think it's going to be enough to put them over the top in this division. But it definitely gives them a lot more positivity on the offensive side of the ball because they desperately need another guy to get the ball. Who needs DeAndre to go to Titans?
1: If Hopkins goes to the Titans, this isn't a debate no more. Between the Steelers offense and Titans
0: offense.
2: Yeah, because you have easily the two best. And
0: then defensively last year, the Titans were among the best in stopping the run. They were number one rush EPA, only allowed 76.9 rushing yards per game. When you have guys like Jeffrey Simmons, uh, D'Anico Autry, really, you know, as the defensive line standouts, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons won the best in the league. That isn't shocking. But their secondaries is you know where they where they fall short. Kevin Byard's great. Amani Hooker had a bit of a down season. Yep. Their corners weren't great. Christian Fulton ranked eighty first in coverage. Uh, Roger McCarry ranked seventy second in coverage. Sean Murphy Bunting Sean Murphy Bunting was the only nice. standout, but he was injured. He was in and out of the lineup. I think between like weeks one and fourteen, he missed a bunch of games. In weeks fourteen on, he did play. But the Jags they have a better chance of winning the AFC than they do losing this division. I think that's the type of that's the type of believe the Jaguars have this season. Trevor Lawrence like that came out as a generational prospect. Year 1 was awful. We know what Urban Meyer he what he did, he should be in jail for what he God did. Bless God bless you. you. He should be in jail for what he did to Trevor Lawrence because he got a competent coach and he was phenomenal. We talked about what Jalen Hurts did last year as a jump. Trevor Lawrence had a bigger jump from his rookie year to his second year than what by Jalen far. Hurts just did from his second year to his third year. Pain-esque. Trevor went from completing 59% of his pass to 66, 214 yards to 241, doubled his touchdowns from 12 to 25, and cut his interceptions in half from 17 to 8. His passer rating also increased by 23 points. Now he's getting Calvin Ridley, who might take some time to, to get accustomed to the offense. But Trevor Lawrence, which is damn near elite without having Calvin Ridley. So he could take his time to getting Max. back. You still have Christian Kirk. Evan Ingram's coming off no a career season who's on a franchise tag. Don't think he's going to get a long-term extension, but he'll still be there. You have ETN another year removed from, um, from his foot surgery. And Tank Bigsby, who is my running back three, there's already talks about saying... It might not just be the kind of the hot hand who gets to work. Tank Bigsby might have an actual real role in this offense. I'm very excited to see what he can do because although ETN is a great running back, 99% of teams do not want that workhorse. You still have the Derrick Henrys of the world who are going to take, you know, 80 plus percent of snaps, 90 plus percent of snaps, Derrick Henry specifically. But for the most part, teams are going to want to have multiple running backs. I think Tank Bigsby could be a really good wide receiver, excuse me, running back too. Defensively is really the only, I think, area of concern. Big area concern for the Jaguars if they want to kinda get over that top over that Uh over the hump, be able to beat the Chiefs and these big guys get to the AFC Championship game and possibly a Super Bowl. They were terrible against the pass last year, bottom five. But they were top half of the league in terms of points allowed and rush defense. So some of the times you could see the kind of like this funneling on defenses where if you're elite in one area, you're really elite, you could give up in another area because the team is going to go into that week and say, We could beat them passing the ball. We know we can't beat them rushing the ball. So I think that's something you saw from from the Jaguars last season. But to speak about the question at hand, do the Titans, what was the question? That Can the Titans uh, challenge, the Jaguars, challenge the Jaguars? I don't see it, man. I really don't see any world outside of a Trevor Lawrence injury. He's just going to get better. We don't know the quarterback situation. Tannehill has had good years in the past. Dog, this is man. this is his worst season out of his time in, in Tennessee. Will Levis second round pick. Malik Willis might not even make the team. There's just too many question marks around this Titans offense oh that God, that Adam get that gets me, you know, worried. Rabel's gonna do his best. They'll win about seven or eight games. But similar to the Steelers, how I started this monologue, there's just not enough juice offensively to win
2: a ton of games in the AFC.
1: I think you did a great job propping up the Jags. I think you're a little too low on the Jags. I didn't
2: say anything crazy. All I said is, yeah, they're going to win the division very comfortably. I think that they're going to hover around the same a game more than what they did last year.
1: I have no concerns about Calvin Ridley. I don't. And the reason why I don't is because none. we saw Avan Ingram... Go from being unplayable, but he played one of the worst tight ends yeah, in the that, league. But he
0: was, but he's played on the NFL field to a
1: standout tight Again, end. He but played. That's, that's
0: different. It's not Calvin Ridley's Calvin bad. Calvin Ridley just so far. My camp, issue
2: with Calvin is not his skill or
0: yeah, his sex, talent.
1: Sex, sex, sex. Calvin really in camp has been showing out to teammates. It's so it's reported. And, and hey, it's the bounce back, is it not? It's but the you, bounce back but you're for lower Deshaun. On Deshaun. I'm lower on Kevin Stefanski. I think mm. Deshaun will bounce back just fine. The Jaguars are going to be fine offensively. Really, Christian Kirk, oh, for sure. for Evan sure. Ingram, ETN, Tank Bigsby is going to have a role, especially in the red zone, I think, just because he's a bigger body. And Trevor Lawrence, the improvement, doesn't get spoken about enough. Agreed. He had the sixth lowest interception rate of quarterbacks with 200-plus attempts. Apex. Now, Trevor Lawrence was the only quarterback in the NFL last year to average a target depth of at least 7.25 yards on 500-plus attempts but throw fewer than 10 interceptions. Since 2000, there have only been 129 quarterbacks to do that on eight interceptions or fewer. That's Aaron Rodgers in his three MVP seasons, Tom Brady in 2015, Patrick Mahomes in 2020, Derek Carr in 2016, Matt Ryan in 2018 oh, after the guys. MVP season, my guys Carson Ryan. Wentz in 2019, and another my guy, Kirk Cousins in 2021. <laughs> this is elite company, Dels. You're, you're this Zach is a,
0: Wilson away from everybody.
1: This is elite company, Dels. Now, from week, week nine onward, Lawrence was top 10 in yards per attempt, EPA per attempt, and success rate. He, a ranked, he ranked number one against man coverage post-week nine. Post-Week 9, Trevor Lawrence was very comfortably a top-five quarterback in the NFL. And what he does so well that doesn't get talked about enough is the Jaguars' offensive line isn't good. It's 31st and pass-block win rate. And Trevor Lawrence is just so good at getting the ball out of his hands quick and great at navigating the pocket to where he has a low sack percentage, even with his offensive line not being good. The area of improvement for him all comes down to him throwing under pressure. Under pressure, he was 26 in EPA per attempt, 27th in success rate, and 33rd in yards per attempt. So under pressure is where Trevor Lawrence has struggled. I think we'll get another leap in that department. The only thing I, the only thing I worry about is defense because Agreed. offensively, I know Doug Peterson's going to have them ready to play. No doubt. Calvin Ridley, even if he's not a wide receiver one, as long as you can get comfortable. Number two production, 800 to 1,000 yards with Christian Kirk there with how Ridley can can stretch the field out with his speed. I think they'll be fine. It's just the defense is really below average. Agreed. They only faced five offenses last year that ranked above average other than KC. It was Philadelphia, the Giants, Detroit, Dallas, and Baltimore. The Jaguars' offense can compete against anybody. Agreed. It's really just their defense that I don't trust. Their pass rushes are good, but they can't stop the run and – they were 28th in um, allowing the most passing yards. And I think I might have switched that because I think they were okay against the run, but they definitely need a bigger body in the interior of their defensive line. The defense is the only thing that holds me back from saying, well, this team can be major contenders in the AFC. And I think the issue the Jaguars are going to face moving forward is that they invested so much money to last year's crop of free agents that moving forward, team building for them even with Lawrence on a rookie deal, is going to be pretty difficult. So I think they are lucky that they are in a great division. They're in an easy division because this division, I think, is easily theirs. I don't see any team coming close to competing with Jacksonville in in, yeah. in the AFC South. Yeah,
0: and last year they were bad against the pass but decent against the run. Where do you guys think after this season, Trevor Lawrence? Where'd you have him in your rankings?
1: I have him number six or seven. That's where, fine.
0: Where do you think? Do you think after this year he can move up? Can he get ahead of a Justin Herbert? Can he get ahead of a
2: Josh Allen? Here's the, the, unfortunate. You Here's the too. unfortunate truth. I don't think anyone can throw number one. Facts. I think that he's a lock. He's locked probably until he retires. Most some shit's gonna have to happen more eight. Maybe the only guy who could really talent wise could catch him. Maybe is a Trevor Lawrence who knows just because of the Caleb the, the potential. There we go. That's another name. Mahomes got, uh, but he years. has such a lead. He's probably he has got eight such years a lead to be one. of yeah, being yeah. two Super just by number one right now, that you probably just look at the ceiling for Trevor Lawrence. He could be number two in the league one day. So I think after next season, depending on how great this offense is, let's say it's a a, a top ten top. Seven unit in the league, and of course he's in the contention to be MVP. It's not crazy to have him in that top four conversation, maybe even top three. Be above your guy Herbert. <sighs> no, we gotta, no, we won't. No, Herbert's number two. He's be t- oh, he's number two. I Herbert's forgot. number two. I forgot about that.
0: The quarterback t- easy side, easy my over guy. Him.
2: Easy with my guy, Herbert. It's just I believe in the talent. I believe in the uh, player. That so is Justin Herbert. He's nice. That's all I'm going to say. More
1: there now, Quinn Johnson. Hey, shit's going to get spooky, man. The quarterbacks I have over Lawrence are Hurts, Herbert, Allen, and Burrow.
2: That's another one. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts needs that respect.
1: I think that Lawrence can be above all these guys. I do. I think after the next season, maybe Burrow has his spot because of just how prolific that offense is going to be. But he can be over Josh Allen, who's turnover prone. Justin Herbert, we'll see if Kellen Moore elevates him or kind of limits him because can I ask you a question? in Dallas, what?
2: I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro. I really do apologize for that. Uh, who's more talented in your opinion? Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow?
1: Trevor Lawrence is more talented.
2: Um, let me ask you another question, just because we're having fun. It's the off offseason. Why not? Um, what would Trevor Lawrence do in the Cincinnati Bengals offense?
0: He'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he would be great.
1: I think he'd be a great quarterback, yeah.
2: Um, do you think he would be better than Joe Burrow?
1: No, I don't think so. No, no,
2: but you just told me talent-wise he's better.
1: I think talent-wise he's better, but Joe Burrow... I think reads to feel better than Trevor Lawrence. I think you Trevor Lawrence me is more talented. He
2: was top seven in terms of touchdown interception ratio in the second half of the season, uh, for sure. And then also he went from seventeen interceptions, in year one one of the eight. worst offensive, one of the worst situations in all of sports. Let's be real, uh, to being uh, twenty five and eight, which is incredible. Um, with Christian Kirk as his wide receiver one, Evan Ingram as probably his second most reliable option, uh, a terrible offensive line similar to Joe Burrow. And honestly, if you ask me, I look at the Cincinnati off- uh, offensive line, might be slightly better, even though, of course, in terms of win percentage, both mid, it, yeah. p- tomato, tomato. Uh, however, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Clears. Goodness gracious. If goodness Trevor gracious. Lawrence was in this,
0: it's not even a fucking I, I think the question is,
2: what would Joe Burrow do in the Jaguars offense?
1: Um, he would be the same. It would honestly be But you just told
2: me that
1: you believe Trevor Lawrence is more talented.
2: You put up 39
0: touchdowns with with this? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. He would put up 39? Just
1: just because you're more talented doesn't mean you're better. Was Tom Brady ever the most talented quarterback in the league? Uh Rodgers
2: most of the time. Um, I don't know. I mean, before Rodgers, it was competition between Peyton Manning and him. Shit, I would lean Peyton, of course. But that 2007 season, if you said that he's the most talented, who's going to bat an eye at you? No one. I just think the touchdowns wouldn't be at 39.
0: And
1: I think that when it comes to Joe Burrow, what's forgotten about is, of course, they drafted Jamar Chase with the fifth overall pick. But before he tore his ACL, he was on his way to have a historic rookie season with a second-year coach in Zach Taylor and a rookie T Higgins, or look rookie hey, T Higgins.
2: He was nice. He was nice. This nice T Higgins fuck.
1: was great. He was great Boyd. as rookie. Good as yeah. hell too. Yeah, they were good. But Joe Burrow elevated that team, and I live to discredit out, Joe Burrow I'm outside of outside that. of two games versus the Steelers and the Ravens. The Bengals were in every single game until Burrow got injured. Definitely, And it was between him and Herbert of who was having a better rookie season. I think Herbert was having a better one. But Joe Burrow was right up there. So if you're telling me you're giving me Doug Peterson one of the better play callers in the NFL, I think Doug Peterson is a better play caller than Zach Taylor. I agree. The Bengals have more talent offensively. But Significantly. If, if Joe Burrow is on the Jaguars with Doug Peterson in a good situation, I think we're still looking at him as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I don't disagree.
2: I definitely don't disagree with that statement. I'm not calling him anything less than top 10 if he's in that situation. However, Trevor Lawrence would be in this exact situation, I think, probably a little bit better,
1: to be honest I mean, you David. can think that, but that's it's all special. hypotheticals. Oh, great. Hey, we're I having mean, fun, Steve, I all mean,
2: season. That's all, that, July 12th. I said we're here to have fun. I mean, that's listen, it. overall. Listen dude, have you smiled once this podcast? <laughs> o- overall, dude, <laughs> overall. what's going on? Oh, do, you do you have... Goodness gracious. Do you have Joe Burrow I above... I missed that smile. Dude. I wish I would have seen <laughs> Do you
1: have Joe Burrow above Trevor Lawrence?
2: Uh, as of right now... Due to the the success that Joe Burrow has had, of course he gets So that you're right. saying
1: yes. So what's this hypothetical? If you hey, think listen, Joe Burrow, Hey, I said better. if you
2: put Trevor Lawrence in this situation,
1: shit it would probably be opposite. Well, ultimately, I mean, Drew, you're ranking quarterbacks in a vacuum. Because I do like if, do you, if you if you are ranking yeah, quarterbacks in a too. vacuum, and you still have Burrow over Trevor Lawrence. Then what I you have just look, said does not thing, make I sense. I have to look
2: smart and respectful, right? So what am I doing? I'm respecting Joe Burrow for the success that he's had in the fo- in the National Football League. He's put forward two elite regular seasons. And he's put forward some solid postseason success numbers, good game successful numbers. There. Exactly. Game, game manager no, numbers. Nothing over the top. Joel, hey, numbers. if I say that I'm a hater, don't, I don't. Listen, don't if Dallas, if all, I say that I'm listen, a hater, with all, with all due respect, that's what I'm saying. Listen, Dallas, you with would take to your those respect, game managementers. With all due respect, Lamar Jackson. How many plays
1: was Lamar Jackson? Hey, now? hey, one, are, are we uh, here we talking,
2: dude? Are, are we here talking, talking about? About? about Lamar Jackson being this? We're not doing that. Did I say Lamar Jackson is being Why did even bring up Lamar Jackson? You want to disrespect Joe Burrow? You want to disrespect Joe Burrow? All I'm saying is that Trevor Lawrence is more talented. That's all I'm doing. Nothing wrong with that. That's all I'm doing. Trevor Lawrence is more talented. I thought he said Jalen Hurts. Oh. No, Jalen Hurts just might be a better player. That's it. <laughs> nah, he's
0: not. He's more handsome. Nah, he's not. Oh, that's a clearing. Joe, hey, Joe Burrow's looking. a handsome dude, dude. dude. He's a though. Jalen Hurts just, might Penn, be in a class your type of his own. Who's your type? Fair enough. Like the white boy, light skin. I you know understand what I mean. where you're coming from. Listen, Joe,
2: white I understand. Eyes. Hey, Jalen Hurts I, has those too, man. Guy's gifted. I understand Joe hair, has a safe
1: face. He once called Tua a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. I never said he said he will be. Oh, listen, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. Will said be. Will it's be. the Out same away. thing It's the same Difference. thing you're doing with... Oh, listen, I'll fucking stand on Will. I'm going to go flying fuck.
2: Wait till this season when he's MVP. It's going to be <laughs> fucking goaded.
1: And listen, man, I understand you got to save face because you've been wrong about Joe Burrow every step of the I way. Haven't. But ultimately, you got to give I? your respect when to Joe I? Burrow. Talk to me. When have I? Well, when you didn't have him as a top five quarterback coming uh, into last season. God forbid I had him at seven. No seven. Had, had you didn't have him doing? as a top five quarterback, and you said Tua will one day be better. We all know that's a blasphemous, it's idiotic not, take. We all know that. What would Joe Bro? What, 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 what would him, Joe Bro?
2: Hey, we saw. Hey, easy, easy. Hey, we don't have to get rowdy. We don't have to get rowdy. We saw what happened year one when we gave Tua adequate
1: talent. Dels, what would happen if Joe Burrow was on a Miami Dolphins already. right now?
2: Uh, if he was on the Dolphins, he what, put
1: up great numbers. It'd be awesome. What would happen? What would happen? What are the Dolphins if Joe Burrow's on the Dolphins? They're, the f- they're, they're a playoff they're team. They're a playoff team. They're a contender in the AFC. They possibly come out the AFC because Joe Burrow's been the only quarterback to consistently beat if Patrick Mahomes. If you put Tua
2: Tungvaloa on the Bengals, they're a contender. If Tua was healthy against no, they're that, not. if Tua was healthy what are you in talking the Bills about? game, Were in you the playoffs, Tua on the in you're giving him Jamar Chase and T Higgins. I don't know who you think I don't know who you think Tua is. That's what I'm saying. That's my entire point. I don't know who you think Tua is. Talent. Look at the numbers. He clears. He had a couple. What happened when he faced Joe a toughest Burrow. stretch of defenses of his season? It happened. He had a lull. They had to adjust. He was below average. He, he was. He, was. he, he was. was horrible. Hey, but that Bills game, he was solid. He That's was. all I'm
1: going to say. He was solid. He was mediocre. It was snowing also.
2: He left the field winning. That's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> um, Joe Burrow actually now in the playoffs. Year one,
2: hey, well done to him. And he just came. He just, The last performance that we saw from Joe Burrow was one of his worst. So, also to say this the first year we give to a adequate talent. We see what happens. Now, Joe Burrow was grandfathered in some really good talent, even though they, yes, they were the number one overall pick. T. Higgins was there. Tyler Boyd was there. Joe Mixon was there. Offensive line's due. Offensive line was due. Then he gets injured. Now they are in a prime position to to, to have one of the best wide receiver prospects that we've seen this game have, Jamar Chase. Now it's a light show for at least another eight years, probably, assuming that they keep the core together. Listen, I'm happy for them. Cincinnati fans deserve this. I'm not here hating on Cincinnati. All I'm going to say. Is that when Tua got his got his due diligence? We started to see him be successful. That's all I'm saying.
0: What um, was
1: the Dolphins' record in 2019?
0: 2019 is that Tua's what? Actually, what was the
1: Dolphins' record second? in 2020? Uh, Tua's, Tua's started, rookie Tua started, season
2: Tua started. I think from week 13 on. Uh, I think they oh, just the missed packs, the playoffs. What happened? What happened in
1: week 18? His rookie that was, season That was bad. That was the when, when do or die to get into the playoffs. What happened week 18 against was, against the started, Bills? Started. The what, happened? The what happened? What happened? What happened? His rookie season. How many interceptions did he throw? He threw three. Three? Mm. What happened the very next year versus the Titans week 17? It was raining. (laughs) What happened though? Can you tell me what happened? His offensive line was the worst in the league. He had three offensive play calls. That's not what I asked. I asked what happened. I'm giving you the fucking facts. That was what happened.
2: Dude.
0: It was bad.
1: What, what happened this It was
2: raining
0: And Dells you like gonna ignore that Fuck the rain you, the, the, the coaching was bad Thank you The offensive line was bad Thank you, you Didn't have Tyree Agreed Dells, hold on. Not, I'm, not, I'm not hearing the fucking rain no, shit No I'm with
2: you I'm, That's another factor.
0: That <laughs> and to what play.
1: happened this past season When the Dolphins faced The toughest stretch of defense The entire year
2: he pulled it. Against me, the Bills, three years he was, straight. Uh, he was
1: mad good. Three years straight. Tua has folded in the biggest no, moments.
2: No, the Chargers. I look at the Niners. That's understandable. The Niners were one of the best defenses in the league. The that's best true. defense in the league. Hey, he was missing he open a, passes. He had a rough game. It is what it is. What happened bad, against the Chargers? Inexcusable. Yeah. Inexcusable. How many?
1: How many? Against the Bills,
2: he, he was mad good. good. Against the Packers, pre-concussion, he was very fucking <laughs> good. Well,
1: what was his completion percentage against the Chargers? Can, oh my can god, it might have been like ten percent. complete
2: three? I, I remember I
1: I'm remember
0: gonna, the I'm graphic is three for fourteen. I don't know what he finished with. Mm. Was that it? <laughs> that, that was it was like halftime. It was three for fourteen.
1: I'm just curious. No,
2: that game against the
0: Chargers. It was an all time.
1: I block it out from there. Yeah, it was all time. Yikes. Bad. It was I'm, I'm seeing Tua three straight years in the biggest moments of the season. You come up short. They made the playoffs.
0: And he missed hella time. If if Tua was healthy for that Bills game in the playoffs, they could have easily won. Thirty five hundred touchdowns missed. and missed.
1: Bro, four they games. almost won with Skylar Thompson. They wouldn't. They always put their foot off the gas. You're giving casual. Don't do that. You're not a casual, so don't give it. Only casual is thinking to us this elite-level co- great quarterback. Missed
2: four games. Missed four games. 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those are Jimmy Garoppolo did. Number numbers. two in EPA. To the GOAT, right? Allegedly.
1: He's, Patrick Mahomes. Here's the GOAT.
2: What are we doing here? Here's the GOAT. In his favorite, in his favorite stat.
1: Those are Jimmy Garoppolo In his favorite stat. The EPA. No, but hey, yeah, and Jimmy, Jimmy, no, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo did Jimmy have. Jimmy Garoppolo's yeah, top did, five in did. EPA. In
2: 13 games, these were the numbers. It's what Trevor did
0: in his full season, basically. And little trev- little and less Trevor yards Lawrence though.
2: is
1: a locked top seven quarterback. Um,
2: I just need a little bit more respect. I get it.
1: Simple. Hey, no, nah, you, uh, you just need context to understand the numbers. That's just yeah, context. Because the, the context, I think people understand what we have in Tua. Listen, system quarterback. Well, you've been wrong good. about Tua. Whoa.
2: Nothing wrong. Like, I've been wrong about Joe Burrow. You've been wrong what? about Tua. So heck? let's shake hands on that.
1: I'm not wrong about Tua. No, you're blaming me. I've wrong. said he's Jimmy Garoppolo. You said he's, <laughs> he's a not a starting quarterback. quarterback. No, you said he's, he's not a, a starting quarterback. He's a system quarterback. That's, so what, that's what Tua is. He's quarterback in this league. He's a system quarterback. That's as simple as that. Can't he wait is.
2: for that AFC East conversations. They're going to get nasty. I'm looking at my
0: uh, QB rankings from last year. I had Joe Burrow at eight. To be fair. Had Aaron Rodgers above him, back-to-back MVP, respectable. And Stafford just came off the Super Bowl. I didn't have Stafford above him actually. Wow. I had I had Russ above him. Dude, that's understandable. too. Understandable. It's, it's the other Russell guys: Wilson. Josh Allen, Mahomes, Tom Brady. Understandable. Russell Wilson. Justin Last Harper, time I Lamar. seen him
1: in the playoffs, very below average. We're talking
2: about Super Bowl champion.
1: Where's Joe
0: carried. Burrow's ring? He was carried. Yeah,
2: he was carried. To, I mean, not,
1: let me. Burrow not. was not carried. Like the comments like are going to get
2: nasty if I even joke about it.
1: Joe Burrow was not carried to the degree that wasn't. Russell Wilson was carried in 2015. Let's stop 2015.
2: like Russell, what, Russell Wilson was bad. He was good.
1: They made the Super Bowl when he threw four interceptions in the he NFC Championship game. threw the game-winning touchdown. He threw four interceptions. Okay, and he still came back from that. Yeah, because of an onside kick recovery.
2: Okay, and he yeah. still scored.
1: Yeah, but still. You're hating. You know, You're hating. What happened to the Super Bowl? What, it's not what, about what you start, it's about was, you
2: finish. Because Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions and still won. We praise him. But why don't we talk about the four he threw four
1: touchdowns in the second agreed. half. Agreed. And
2: then, That's again, why. Russell Wilson threw the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Why aren't we talking about that? It's
1: about how you start, not how you finish. No, it's about sp- how you agreed. finish, not start. Agreed. agreed. How did Russell Wilson finish in the Super Bowl? Do a pick. Get one Is that arguably one of the worst Play plays? calls of all time? No, one of the worst plays, decisions ever? Let's be honest.
2: History? Listen, great Defensive scheme yep. from the Patriots, right? They, they practiced that in in, in practice Malcolm, prior. Malcolm of, Bullard, of course, Malcolm Butler won the all-time leg, Legendary moment. Listen, let's be real. He just jumped it. That's that's a, that's an amazing defensive play. It was open. Until it, was. it was. Until it wasn't. Agreed. And let's be honest. Should have never been put in that position to even make that throw. Shouldn't have been. It's about how you So we're going to blame that. Russell, right? Who had an unbelievable, borderline perfect game up until that point. Let's let's use some context. Gets, right? gets, how many, some let's blame. use some context. Oh no, of course. He, he gets 50,
0: no, dude, How many? How many? Fifty. 50, come 50 on. Play Colin, and Russ. 50-50. No. no we, many, I'm
3: gonna
2: I'm gonna go as high as thirty percent for Russ. Thirty percent. He still blame. threw the ball. He threw it, but it was a it was a decent ball. Again, like you mentioned, he was open. Malcolm, amazing play that eliminates almost fifty percent. Oh God. And then let, let's let me not say that. Let's reverse that. More than fifty percent is on Pete Carroll. And then number two, just an amazing play from Malcolm. It's gonna be in the history books so, forever. So Russ is third. It's Pete Carroll, amazing Malcolm, play. Russ. Russell Wilson, absolutely. That's obvious.
1: Well, guess no, we, no, guess no. So oh, in terms of blame, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah yes, for yes, sure. Yes, yes. I'm just curious. It's about how you finish, correct? Definitely, Zach Wilson, yeah. right? Hey, listen, Zach Wilson is not in this conversation. Oh
2: no, I, I thought you were gonna mention. He's not finished.
1: Game. He's not finished. It's just it's in the middle. It's you know, I want
2: to apologize. I just pulled you there. And in, I, I, that that was nasty of me.
1: You know, ultimately. We talk about the Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence can be as high as the second-best quarterback in the league. Agreed. But it's all going to be really dependent on how much the offense can elevate from last season. If Calvin Ridley can truly come in and be that great of a wide receiver, then this offense has a top-five ceiling, and Trevor Lawrence can walk walk himself into that conversation. But really, in a playoffs is where they're going to be challenged, especially defensively. And I don't know if... They are a team that can get all the way to Super Bowl or even an AFC championship game. Because I look at a team like the Chargers, have they not had they not blown the lead, then we're talking about the Chargers advancing and not Jacksonville and I think that was a historically bad blown lead.
2: Here I go getting nasty again. Now, I agree with that. Right. I don't see them as a, a Super Bowl contending team. However, let's say bracket's a little shifted now. Now they're not playing Kansas City in the second round. Now they're potentially playing a Buffalo Bills in the second round. Now they're potentially playing a Dude, first time? It's not my phone. I'm on DND. It's not my laptop. It's Anyways. Oh, dude. Someone's phone's gone. It's me. Dude. Are you serious <laughs> right laptop now? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say the bracket's a little bit different now, right? Let's say that you have the Jaguars playing the Bills and or the Bengals. It's not crazy that they can't make the AFC Championship game. Neither be, of these two defenses. I, I'm looking at the Bills, and I'm looking, talking about the Bengals. Although Bengals, Bengals are tough. I think Bengals they get past the Bills. Bills don't move me. They don't. Bengals is a winnable game.
1: I'm looking at the Bills, and I just think that Josh Allen, that offense, would torch that defense. Because really here's bad. here's the idea.
2: Here's the thing too. We thought that the Jaguars would absolutely excuse me that the Chiefs would torch the Jaguars defense. They didn't. It really ended up being a closer game than anticipated. Jamal Agnew fumbled, unfortunately, in the red zone, ended up making the game out of reach for sure, just sealing the deal completely. But realistically, it wasn't a, a complete onslaught that we were maybe anticipating, or some were anticipating. Against the Bengals, against the Bills, I give him a puncher's chance. Against the Chiefs, I don't see it just because Mahomes gets that respect. The defense is only going to get better. It clearly got better towards the second half of last season as well, but against the Bengals, against the Bills, I don't look at these two defense as that's fair lockdown that the yeah. Jaguars can't put up points because I'm with you. Be the offense is points. what's going to get them as far in the playoffs as maybe the AFC Championship, but they're not a champion. They're not a Super Bowl contending
1: team yeah.
0: in my opinion. I just a puncher's
1: chance means that you're not giving them much of a chance, though. I mean, puncher's chance.
0: I just see the the Bengals just always are so like compared to the Bills, just so poised, and you know what I mean. When you saw that sure, Bengals Bills sure. game from last season. I, I think I don't remember who picked who, but I remember going to this game. I was like, the Bengals just always feel I like the buttoned-up sure. team. They always feel like the team that is like a half step ahead of their opponent outside of the Chiefs, even though they're three and one against them. The Bills just for whatever reason, and maybe I'm thinking too much of last year because the year prior they were 13 seconds away right from being <gasps> Kansas City. But it just always feels like the Bengals just have a slight edge on whoever they're playing, especially okay. in the playoffs. I, okay. I
1: think the Bengals' defense. I don't. I don't view that as a game that is just gonna put up points on them. No, I don't I don't so. I don't, I don't think there. it'll be
2: yeah. easy. I'm just saying I think that they definitely will have a more sound time putting points up against the Bengals than maybe a Kansas City Chiefs.
1: There hasn't been a team that has given Kansas City more of a of a of a like more trouble than the Bengals defense, sure, that and a scheme that has given him more trouble. Mm-hmm. So against the Jaguars, I think that Luna Naramo will, will design something great. Even yeah, in, he if, needs that respect. Even Luan Luan in the first the half, if you know something's don't go the way, he's one of the best adjusters in the second half. The Bills defense is somewhere where I, I you know, I'm not that high on them, but mm-hmm. their front seven and their defensive front. I think would dominate the Jaguars. Von Miller Especially coming with back. Von Miller being yeah. healthy. Hopefully
2: he's healthy, of course. One of my favorite players. The game's better when Von Miller's there. The loss of Von Miller definitely changed the landscape of how we viewed the Buffalo Bills defense. Hopefully he's one hundred percent healthy. I'm with you. That definitely escaped my head in the moment. Um Trey White but should be back hundred percent. Definitely. Too. He was one of those that definitely looked shaky too, but the Bengals, Jesse Bates, will be more of a, a loss than I think people want to give credit to. Mm-hmm. Especially because I look at the the just how young the second the, the the safety group is of the Cincinnati Bengals team. It's worrying to me because I don't overly trust these cornerbacks either.
1: I think the cornerbacks are fine. Mike Hilton is one of the a best. Who's Hilton.
0: They're respectable guys. I Aluze mean, definitely,
1: definitely one of the, was one of the better corners mm-hmm. before he got no hurt. Doubt. You're, you're trusting
0: and Lou to scheme up something. Yeah, and just on have an and That's on what he's though. been doing, though. And, and I do disagree. And Cam
1: sure. Taylor-Brett, he's a rookie that last year in the playoffs, he had some very impressive snaps and plays. Really, Jesse Bates last year was a resurrection from where he was elite again. But two years ago, when the Bengals made the Super you're Bowl right. one, Jesse Bates was, average. He, was he, average. he wasn't one of the elite safeties in the game.
2: To be fair, that was really his only down year.
1: It was, yeah. but I think that the safeties are not what makes this defensive scheme. I think Agreed. that DJ Agreed. Reader and how they stop the run and how it's the that front, front four for. gets out yeah, of it, it's that front I think that's what makes this defensive Respect scheme. Respect to Logan Wilson, too. And Lujan Arumbo, I think, makes it simple on his guys to understand what spots to be. So I think as long as they play disciplined, they'll still be a top defense. And, you know, their defense that they just have. Lujan Rumo just has great game plans against offenses that he goes up against. I don't disagree. And the Jaguars is where it's not a complete football team and the fact that the offense is going to be great but the defense is going to be their Achilles heel of the team mm-hmm. where teams are going to put a points on them and how many points
2: well listen let's talk about it the jaguars defense against the chargers i know we're getting a little bit off topic and i'm sorry guys oh, you're good. uh the jaguars defense against the chargers locked up they really did. Herbert was not effective in the red zone. There was multiple the times where they held them. Same. No, I'm talking in the first half, too, where they held them to multiple field goals. Second half, it oh, was complete yeah, yeah. clamping. But true. in the red zone, they stopped them to multiple field goals. They definitely started to put it together. And against the Chiefs, my memory is failing me. I'm going to look it up really quick. Did the Chiefs put up over 30 points? Is that impressive to you, t- t- Like Stopping the Chargers?
1: Yeah, like offensively, I, I don't would think say that's I
2: important. would say yes, especially in the red zone, because nine out of ten times, what's happening in the red zone if if you're facing the Chargers? Austin Eckler's getting the rock and you trust him to score 20 touchdowns. He yeah. did have I believe he still had two touchdowns in the game, if I'm not mistaken, Probably. something like that. He just because he's Austin Eckler. But regardless of that fact, anytime they were in the red zone, the Jaguars made it difficult. They forced multiple field goals, and they still were able to come back and win that game, especially after being down twenty seven. 27-20, the Jaguars and, and Chiefs game. If you hold the, the Chiefs under 30 points, it's gotten to that point just to how special that offense is. They were in this game. A fumble from Jamal Agnew made this more of the the Chiefs were able to to comfortably win this game, but... The Jaguars' defense, especially in the playoffs, played a lot better than what it is on paper. And I understand where you're coming from because I'm looking at it on paper too. It's not an overly impressive unit, but they performed in the playoffs.
1: But even with the Chargers, though, Austin Eckler is not efficient as a ball carrier. Just in the
2: red zone, he's one the of the most zone. effective. In he's, the red zone, it's you know, get Derrick Henry open Lane. And Definitely some notches, Austin but Eckler. But
1: from a down down basis, he's not an efficient back. And the Jaguars had one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Yep, really. The Chargers offense, I don't view as an offense that I'm overly impressed by if a defense can scheme up well against but them.
0: This upcoming season with This Kellen upcoming Moore? season, yes. Okay. Word, word, word. But
1: like this past season with Joe Lombardi yeah, and, the, and how simple they were, the offense They were one of the most
0: conservative offenses yeah. when you have a quarterback with yeah. the biggest arms. It's yeah.
2: also because Mike Williams did get hurt that, that week prior against the Broncos and he shouldn't have up. even been playing. Keenan was, I think, was Keenan think
0: for the Keenan, game, No, for the playoffs, he was healthy. Got yeah, it, but yeah, I was going to say Keenan
2: came yeah. back and he was unbelievable. One of the most effective receivers, especially once returning after injury. Mike Williams getting hurt, of course, that was brutal. Austin Eckler, you mentioned it. They didn't use him not nearly enough as a rusher, especially seeing him in the past game. They did not do that either. So the Jaguars still were able to to capitalize and and definitely halt that that Chargers offense because. Austin Echo has been one of the more effective running backs in the league these past couple of seasons. 40 touchdowns in two seasons. And Keenan Allen was dominant once returning from injury. Mike Williams definitely was missed.
1: And then with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes rolled his ankle very early in the game. That's true. Second quarter. Very true. And that that really halted some momentum. You well, had Chad Henney came well, in.
0: Well, he missed. How many drives? Did I, I think he, he, just won. Won it he, won? he missed yeah. one at most. Chad yeah. Henney drive. Yeah, it was that last end of the half. And yeah. I think Chad
1: Henney scored. But... Throughout the, throughout the game, so though. quarterback. When are we going to talk about Throughout the game, though, Mahomes. How many points
2: did the Chiefs? <laughs> 27.
1: Throughout the game, the Mahomes was very clearly hobbled, and he still oh, played yeah. oh, like a picture perfect game for no. his
2: standards. There's a reason why I—it's I, very hard to disrespect this man. One, of course, he's coming off a Super Bowl, but then mm-hmm. two, he did it on top of having a high and spring. and
0: per sources, the quarterback documentary on Netflix starting to move you about Mahomes, you're starting to like him. I huh? Had to turn it off. I had to turn it <laughs> off. It's like God. He's so he's so great. I just can't. I, I'm yeah. done. Yeah, he's I, I have to keep this narrative alive. Listen, man, it's gonna be your Tom Brady.
1: Will Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud have a better rookie season next year? And I feel like this is really a Colts versus Texans. Which foundation do you trust more question? Mm-hmm. I look at the offense, four position groups, running back, offensive line, receiver, and tight end. I think that this is split 2-2. I think the running back goes to the coach, Jonathan Taylor. Easy. The offensive line, I'm going with the Texans. They have a better offensive line. Indy was 32nd in pass block win rate, dead last. Houston was 17th, but in run block win rate, the Colts were slightly better at 23 compared to the Texans' 27th. And the Colts' really left tackle and the guard position are just huge weak points. Bernard Raymond, Will Fries. The Texans don't have any weak point that sticks out dramatically, so that's why I think they're a better offensive line. Wide receiver goes to the Colts. I think Pittman is the obvious standout. And the tight end is the Texans with Dalton Schultz. I think, you know, he definitely clears Mo'ally Cox, Jelani Woods, big Jelani and, and, Woods guy, and those guys. Though. Jelani Woods, listen, he's a physical freak specimen. Mm. They also drafted Will Mallory, somebody else who tested very well in the is combine. Related,
0: related to the Mallory bros?
1: No, no, he's not. No. And <laughs> defense, front seven, I got the Colts. Secondary, I got the Texans. Okay, um, So it's really split between front seven. Defensively, it's split. But I'll be honest, man, I think the reason why I'm leaning with Anthony Richardson having a better season is because of all the first-round quarterbacks that were drafted, his pressure to sack rate is the lowest. His pocket navigation for how little he's played the position I think is special. His talent is undeniable. I think he has more talent than C.J. Stroud. And Shane Steichen has worked with... Back-to-back quarterbacks and has maximized them. Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Anthony Richardson going to be one of these other guys that has these physical tools that Shane Steichen just maximizes. He'll be a force in a running game. Maybe CJ will be a better passer his rookie season, but I think Anthony Richardson will have more of an impact on his team offensively.
0: Okay, I like that. I think Anthony Richardson is in a better position to succeed his rookie year because of Shane Steichen. I really like, out of all of the quarterbacks, all the quarterback parents, I do think this is the best, maybe not best, but in terms of offensive scheme with the quarterback. I Frank love... Reich and
2: Bryce Young doesn't...
0: It's up there too, but we know Shane Steichen, what he just did with Jalen Hurts, he's going to want to replicate 100%. basically 100%. exactly what he's want to do with Anthony Richardson. We know that he's going to come in here and it's going to be a lot of running the ball. He has the mobile quarterback. He's going to be using Anthony Richardson's legs to his advantage and not for whatever reason, because we see, you know, coaches do this all the time, not playing to their players, um, you know, strengths. We know that Anthony Richardson is going to be in a good scheme and a scheme that's going to get the best out of him. And when I look at these weapons, while neither team is weapons galore, neither team has a true wide receiver one, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, Jonathan Taylor, and an interesting side of the room, Jelani Woods had some flashes. He's athletically one of the most athletic tight ends we've seen with his size, like six seven or whatever. So I think the weapons are more than good enough for Anthony Richardson to have a successful season. And I don't think for Richardson, a successful season might be what other rookie quarterbacks, especially C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, successful season would be just because Richardson hasn't played nearly as much of them, right? He has one full season starting under his belt in college. So he's still extremely raw as a quarterback. When you have Bryce young who played two seasons, um, started two seasons in college, you have CJ Stroud who played three starting seasons in college, two or three starting seasons at Ohio state. These guys are by far the more, um, you know, polished, especially passers. Well, Anthony Richardson still has some growing to do, but when we were scouting Anthony Richardson, he was a lot of the numbers, raw numbers you saw weren't really reflected on the tape, right? His completion percentage was under 60%, but when you saw him play, he had good ball, good ball placement. He was able to lead guys. He had touch, and the pocket navigation was honestly second to none. Bryce Young was definitely up there, too. He had great pocket awareness, but Anthony Richard's ability to not only navigate the pocket, but make guys miss, whether it's just having the athleticism or just being straight up stronger because he's going to be up there in terms of weight with a lot of these linebackers and not, not so much defensive linemen, but just as strong as these guys, especially his base. He's such a huge, large, athletic quarterback that's going to be able to make things happen with his legs. And I know Drew mentions How all large. the time there's a bug Right there, should probably fucking
2: destroy that. Um, he's a large dude. Oh, dude, it's a daddy long. Oh no, no, I think it's a, a centipede. Okay, dude, okay. I'll rip it right now.
0: Take care of that. Take care of that. First, res- oh first responder, Drew. There he is. Um, I don't know how you spotted that, <laughs> bro. I saw, I saw him walking right past. Um, so Anthony Richardson, Drew mentions all this time, uh, a rookie quarterback. Typically, all of them struggle, right? It's very rare for a quarterback to come into this league and just have instant success. But when you're able to rush as good as Anthony Richardson does, it's going to give you time because we know it takes years. It took Mahomes, I think he said, till year three where he was able to read defenses and really be the type of quarterback he is now. Richardson's not going to be able to come in week one, be able to make adjustments on the fly, read defenses pick up blitzes, the different uh, adjustments they make at halftime. It's going to take time. It's going to take years, really, for Richardson to be able to fully understand that. But he's going to be so gifted as a rusher. And I think Steichen's going to put so many good either rush plays, RPOs, options, whatever it might be, on his plate to get him in rhythm early in the games to build his confidence that we'll see the progression over time as a passer. So I'm really excited for both of these quarterbacks. But I think Richardson, his marriage with Steichen in this offense is going to have a really successful rookie year.
2: So really what it comes down to for me really simply is Anthony Richardson's rushing ability. I feel like automatically that would put him in positions to be successful where if he doesn't love what he's seeing on the field as a passer, he has the athletic ability to just take off and be already an immediate game changer just because of how athletic he is and how great of a rusher that he can be. Now I look at Michael Pittman, you mentioned it already, I think that he is by far the most trustworthy option at the wide receiver position. And on top of it, he also does have the best, one of the best running backs in football, period, But, of course, out of these two teams, Jonathan Taylor, where Damian Pierce deserves respect with how bad the offensive line is in terms of rush block, Damian Pierce is definitely successful. Jonathan Taylor is just a different breed of running back. He has the ability to be a pass catcher as well, and if Anthony Richardson is in some trouble, he can just dump off to to Jonathan Taylor and let him do his thing. Now, I think that Shane Steichen definitely is going to aid Anthony Richardson in the best way possible. You mentioned already; he's worked with Jalen Hurts. He's worked with Justin Herbert. These are two of the two of a top five quarterbacks, in my opinion. Already, Jalen Hurts solidified himself. Justin Herbert came into the league and proved that he. Well, he came into the league and put the league on notice. Just hasn't had the playoff success yet, which is why people don't rate him as highly as others. But regardless of that fact, I think Anthony Richardson does have the tools to be successful. I look at Michael Penman. I look at Jonathan Taylor. I just think that it's a little bit more easier for Anthony Richardson in year one to have success as opposed to CJ Stroud. Where CJ Stroud is a really good prospect, there is some there are there are some things to look at with the Texans and be happy about. The offensive line definitely isn't bad by any means. Damian Pierce is a solid piece. Hopefully, John Menchie can suit up finally. Then they, I believe they brought in Robert Woods this year as so this- too as well. You have Dalton Schultz, that would be a reliable option for for C.J. Stroud, no doubt. But I just look at the Colts as a whole. Yes, the offensive line may be that great, but when you're an elite rusher or can be an elite rusher, which I believe that Anthony Richardson can be, it will not be that huge of an issue. He can scramble outside the pocket and hopefully not throw the ball away, not being that decisive, but really try and utilize his athletic skill set and push the ball downfield with his legs.
1: I think the advantage Anthony Richardson has is he has an offensive-minded coach. And C.J. Stroud, your O.C. is Bobby Slowick. We've seen the West Coast offense succeed in different places, but there's really only a couple coaches that can maximize quarterbacks when they run it. We've seen Kyle Shanahan do it. We've seen Mike McDaniel do it. Bobby Slowick is somebody who wasn't as well-known as Mike McDaniel coming into this spot. It reminds me a lot of Mike LaFleur mm. in this regard. And Mike LaFleur is somebody that he was under the Shanahan tree, but when he went to the Jets, you know, we can say Zach Wilson. We can point the finger at him all we want, but ultimately the scheme that the Jets ran wasn't good. And regardless Only of the quarterback Zach play. in
2: another situation, man. I know. He would have <laughs> been amazing.
1: Regardless of the scheme that we ran or the quarterback play, Elijah Moore was, was vocal about, the lack of offensive sure, creativity true. with Mike LaFleur, and they got into a lot of heated exchanges. I think Bobby Slowick is better than Mike LaFleur, but I think there's going to be an adjustment period because this is not the same offense that C.J. Stroud's coming from with Ohio State. Ohio State's very, very spread, very air-raid, so that's why I think there's going to be more of an adjustment period where Shane Steichen, I think, will fit the offense more to Anthony Richardson where yep. C.J. Stroud has to be more, more in tune with how – Slowick likes to run his offense.
0: Never forget when the Jets are filling out their offensive uh when their coaching staff when we, we hired Salah in you know, my Jets group chat and they're like, What are we gonna do when Mike LaFleur gets a head coaching job? Like we need an offensive mind. Yeah. That day came out. Let to me last. ask you
2: a question. Pep, <laughs> Pep Hamilton is he's st- he's not the offensive coordinator anymore, he correct? Be coach? No. Right? He's not think, he's not I on the staff anymore.
1: Pep Hamilton I forgot where he's at. Because he was the Texans Quarterbacks
2: coach in 21, and then got promoted to offensive coordinator in 22. I would have liked to see Pep Hamilton work with CJ Stroud, just because of course we saw him his rookie season with with Davis Mills. He had, Davis Mills was serviceable to the point where they thought that he could be their quarterback. He obviously wasn't that answer.
1: He was the head coach for the XFL DC Defenders. Got more, more recently. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not. I don't think he's coaching right no. now. He's not on the on the. That's Texas what I was staff. wondering. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that's that's in, that entire staff is D'Amico Ryan's brand new, Ryan's yeah, yeah, brand yeah, that's new. His guys. It's coming from the Shanahan tree, so Which is it makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, that's why I trust the Indianapolis coach a little bit more. To get into the A F South, A F C South predictions, I have the Jaguars at eleven and six, the Titans at seven and ten, the Coats at six and eleven, and the Texans at four. And thirteen. Guy went
2: for, this guy went one to four, by the way, just letting you know. He went one to four. First to fourth.
0: Oof. last time we went did four to one.
2: We did. I well, like th- one through four This one isn't better. as uh No, it's not crazy. I understand. You're gonna go four to one? Uh I just criticized him for going you four to one. I feel like I have to go one to four now, though. Uh, Fuck! All right. Number one coming in first in this divisions will be the Jaguars. Without a doubt, I believe. I'm, I have them going ten and seven, potentially Eleven and six, but I feel more confident in that ten and seven. We'll see how that defense improves from from last season. Of course, I have the Titans coming in second place. I have them eight and nine or seven and ten. I feel more confident in the eight and nine for the sole fact that I respect Mike Vrabel and his abilities as a head coach. He seems to get the best out of his players, even if the players aren't the strongest in talent. Number three in the division is close, dude. I have these teams finishing at similar record: the four and thirteen or three and fourteen. I feel a little bit more confident in the Colts offense as opposed to the Texans offense and then the defense. It's very close. You're 100% right, Joel. I look at the secondary of the Texans. I think it's stronger, but I feel like front seven definitely can get after the quarterback. I'm going to go with the Texans. Coming in fourth place, I'm gonna have them com- finishing with a record of three and fourteen, and the Colts finishing with four and thirteen record.
0: I have the Jags in first place, ten and seven, and ten and seven kind of feels like their floor as long as everyone stays mm-hmm. healthy. Wouldn't surprise me if they got 11-12 wins. Titans
2: in second place,
0: seven and ten. Colts in third, six and eleven, and the Texans in fourth at five
2: and twelve. Dude, I really, I, I don't know how you were as generous to get the Colts six wins. The schedule is difficult. they will win games. Um, d- will they? It's a handful. They didn't win games last year. No, they got better. Did they? Anthony Richardson. They lost Jonathan Taylor Gilmore. healthy. Gilmore. Offensive line's still mid. Yeah. I agree. Anthony Richardson will definitely do a better job. Uh, they had
1: Jeff Saturday coaching the team. Yeah, in the second half of yeah. the
2: season. That can definitely makes a huge difference. <laughs> Jeff Saturday. I mean, for
1: me, I think that the Colts. I'm going to go. Te- I'm going to have the six. I think they. I'm going to have Texans. both of them.
2: I'm going to have both of them finish with four wins. So I, I don't want to have to decide between third and fourth. It'll be a dog fight between the two of them for, third, fight and for third and fourth.
1: Exactly. They're going to split between the Titans and the Texans. So that's two wins. I think they can beat the Rams. I do think they can beat them. I think they be they can beat the Panthers. Let
2: me ask you a question: Are the Rams going to go winless? No, nah. no, so I mean, but who are the Rams gonna beat then? A handful of games,
0: they yeah.
1: can beat the
2: Colts,
0: they'll win around six games, too. They can beat the Texans, yeah. Oh, sorry, life.
1: I are, think
2: they will go either way games.
1: The Colts can beat the Bucks, I yep. agree.
2: The Bucks are a team that definitely can beat they can shit.
1: beat the Raiders. <laughs> yep, I think the Falcons is a toss up, yeah, but, but you know, Falcons, it can go yeah. either way. I favor the Falcons, though. I think the Steelers, too, you know. I don't yeah. think that's just an easy win for the Steelers. I think it's, it's going to be a so I mean, the Colts Steelers are home.
2: The Colts beat the Chiefs last Colts year. Colts are home. Colts are home. Right, Colts beat the Chiefs. Uh, Still in it for four yep, wins. Yep,
1: yep. I'm just saying.
2: Nuts. I'm just saying. And I
1: think yeah. I said the Panthers are ready. I think yeah. they can beat the Panthers too. So those are those are wins know. that I, I think I can give
2: Panthers them. Panthers were Definitely, oddly competitive last year. The defense revenge game, game, though. There it is. That's I the, guess
1: it can be, or it can. They be definitely improve in the coaching or, department. Or is it the
2: Jim say revenge? Yeah, game or it can Craig. be. Listen,
1: this is why he fired you. Steve
2: Wilkes <laughs> took over last year for for the Panthers. Panthers yeah. Uh, Frank Reich definitely is an upgrade, but Steve Wilkes, credit to him, he definitely held it down when when they fired Matt Rule. Uh, I will say the defensive unit of the Carolina Panthers Lears. sneaky, absolutely. And then offensively, TBD.
1: He lost DJ Moore. TBD, that's you know. why I say that. Yeah. Hey. Jonathan I
0: mean, Jonathan, Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, we'll it's, see. It's Adam Thielen, Terrence Marshall, yeah. Jonathan Mingo. You probably favor the Colts. Yeah, for yeah,
1: sure. That's why, you know, I think that's either way. So I think I'm generous enough to give them six wins. Their line is at you six are being and a generous. half. Yeah, their line is at six and a half, which means that they're I think they fall under that line. I think that's a bit too high. Seven wins for the Colts next season. I think Vegas is a little bit high on that. How many wins would they have then, Matt Ryan? It could go for nine, ten. <laughs> which, which, which Matt Ryan are we talking about? Uh, you tell me. I'm talking <laughs> last year,
0: Matt Ryan. Last year's Matt Ryan, you're cooked.
1: I think it's if it's a respectable seven, nine, and one. Seven, nine, and one. Yeah, I think it's respectable. That's wishful thinking. Mojo, I have uh investment for each team for the Jaguars. It's quite clearly that Calvin Ridley, he's priced lower than Christian Kirk, which means that he's very undervalued. You know, Calvin Ridley at his best is better than Christian Kirk. The Titans, it's Chi-Gay. The Texans, Damian Pierce, I think, can have a big season. I like season. that a lot. I like and that a Colts, lot. And the Colts, it's either Jonathan Taylor or Anthony Richardson. Taylor had a down year, so he can bounce back. And Richardson, I-, I like his price more than CJ. CJ, I think, is at like $44 plus, where Richardson is at 33 I like that price a lot for AR. So those would be my mojo investments if I'm investing into one of these players.
2: Dude, I respect you having a, a mojo player for every single team. Uh, I'll say this. I do like your Calvin Ridley mojo selection a lot. I do say I obviously did state that I do have my worries. I feel like Tanks Bigsby will Tank Bigsby would be that one guy that I look at. Maybe that's my what that's my would that would be my investment on the Jaguars. Still wouldn't hurt to be to invest into Trevor Lawrence. Oh. I think Trevor Lawrence can be a $100 guy there. That is for a a select special group. He's at 63. I think that Trevor Lawrence can be that guy. That is still over a $30 jump, almost $40 jump. You will definitely have some return there. I'm with you on Anthony Richardson as well. Still underpriced for for a quarterback, especially for what his potential can be. Michael Pittman with Anthony Richardson now. Michael Pittman still was under. I believe that Michael Pittman, after last season, has become underrated. I believe now that with Anthony Richardson, someone that will actually not fear throwing the ball to him downfield. We'll look at Michael Pittman as one of those guys. Tennessee, Joel, I don't want to steal your guy. The answer is Traylon Burks, though. That is definitely someone that I would look to invest. And then uh, with the Texans, these are not guys I love. But maybe John Mechie, as long as he suits up. Nico Collins. Nico Collins' agenda. People still believe in that. It's understandable. But I feel like John Mechie, as long as he suits up, he'll definitely be a, a, a reliable option for a C.J. Stroud, especially young into his career.
0: Uh, who's the tight end? Blanking on his name. Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. No, uh, backup. Who we were are high on last year?
2: Tegan uh, Quentin
1: I know who you're talking about. Quitariana? I know who you're talking about. Brevin, oh. Jordan. Brevin, Brevin Jordan. Jordan. There it is. Dude, yeah, I get it.
2: I'm not going to say that that was I'm crazy. He, he looked good flashes. with Deshaun. He looked good yeah, with Deshaun. Yeah.
1: But honestly, I, I do think with the Texans, it's one of two players. It's Damon Pierce or C.J. Stroud. You're not
0: worried about uh, Devin Singletary taking some work?
1: Oh, come on. He was solid. Let's be serious. Dude, you're not a John Mechie guy? John Mechie's just coming off of the injury that I don't no, know. It no, it was, he had cancer, man.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Understandable. Yeah.
1: Like, hopefully, everything's okay. But, investment wise, I think the safe route is Pierce and yeah. Stroud.
2: Now, Pierce, I get it. It's the running back, so you have to be productive. Yeah. But
1: with CJ Stroud, I'm looking at him saying that like really if productive. His, if his rookie season is underwhelming, even a little bit underwhelming, the price will probably drop. Buy I think the you dip. Can, you can buy the dip going into next season. You'll probably get a more one the year after.
2: Let's look at CJ Stroud's price real quick. I
1: think it's say like forty six dollars. Ah, that's high. Forty yeah. two. Who's
2: 42. Here around? Forty two. Give me one second. I got you, dude. Forty two dollars is pricey. Bryce Young right, is a bit older. All right, so CJ Str- he costs more than Tua. I was just gonna what say, isn't Tua around doing? Doing? <laughs> Yeah, that hurts. No, don't buy CJ Stroud. Sell him. Don't buy. Or short him. 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 Wait. Wait. Okay. Wait. Okay. Because he's gonna, he's not gonna play up to forty-two dollars standard. He's gonna, he's gonna dip a little bit. Buy the dip. Is am here on just, buy the dip.
0: Is this just a plug to buy more Tua stock? Dude, forty-one dollars. It's a fucking crime. It is. OD. It's a crime. Um, I respect all of you guys having, you know, a player for each team. There's only one Dude, man. Have one. Traylon. Just Traylon. Respect Traylon. Traylon Burks. Listen, rookie season. A bit disappointed, but feel like anything that could go wrong did go wrong. He had asthma in training camp. Uh, he gets hurt like week four of the season. He comes back against Green Looks Bay, good. has that eight catches, 111 yards. Then week 12 puts a four for 70 and gets hurt again. Got uh laid out. Got, yeah, then yeah. the Eagles game was week 13. He had that one catch for the touchdown where he, like, fucking, I don't yeah. know how he caught that ball, gets absolutely blasted, concussion, comes back like week 17. It was a really rocky season, but... He's here. So they're saying in training camp, he looks faster. He's slimmer. He's leaner. There was a story out there that he had to get like a private plane to make it to OTAs because there was no plans in his area or some shit.
2: Very high on Traylon Burks. He'll never die.
1: There are moments to be hopeful for, yes, sure. for sure. And that's what you're clinging on to.
2: Joel loves Traylon Burks so much that he traded a first round pick, no, multiple seconds, a future first, for and Jerry Judy for Traylon. I got a no. I traded. Did you get the? I got the first.
0: first. I got the first. God, I round. got a first in treylon for Judy, and I think it was I like think two seconds. seconds. Yeah. yeah.
1: Listen, later tonight we're gonna knows. talk about Chase Brown. Huh? Chase we're, gonna, Brown? we're gonna talk Chase, about Brown, Chase Brown. I like that a lot. You hey, know I'm high. You're, Chase, you're talking
0: all this shit. Come shop, man.
1: It's Chase God's Brown, problem. you got my guys. Chase Brown, Romeo and, Dobbs. Netflix. You got two of my guys. Nice.
2: Uh, let me talk to the audience real quick, and I think that we should dabble into a little fantasy conversation, maybe in the future. But of course, here we are. I offer my good friend Joel Dells over here a couple of second round picks. For DeAndre Swift, he's saying I'm being stingy and greedy. No, I'm not. I'm wrong. I said I want a first. He's losing me. Is a first-round pick worth worth DeAndre Swift right now? For you, yes maybe. or no, maybe, maybe he's on for the What Eagles. you think he's gonna hurt offense? I do love him. Pass catcher, him. dude. I think two seconds is valid. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, but I would just rather have the running back. Tip. I'm trying to win, but you'll take the first-round pick. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Boy, it's a first-round pick. Listen, Eagles second offensive line. Second round, first round. We, a we lot know, of it was a second round pick in our But we know when we're going into trading with someone else, two seconds, a first holds so much more value. than I'm two seconds. But I'm giving you
2: two seconds, not just
0: one. Two seconds in a trade does not hold nearly as much two weight as one. first. Two seconds you can first. also use as leverage with
2: another individual. I already have three seconds next year. That's, a, that's where we had the that conversation told
1: Listen, I understand why you want them. I understand why you don't want to sell them. DeAndre Swift behind the Eagles offensive line I mean, the worst running back in the league can succeed behind that offensive line.
2: Is Miles Sanders going to be good in Carolina? They have a good offensive line yeah. too, so probably. Deontay Foreman was good.
1: Every running yeah, back Forham was good. Solid.
2: He's been solid. They, who, yeah. who was their third string? They had another guy.
1: They had somebody else that was productive. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Yes. Was it, yeah. Was it Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman were both productive without CMC there when when he left. Yeah. So the Panthers' Chuba. offensive line was great. That's why I drafted Miles Sanders in, in Dynasty. I know. I
0: liked it. Yeah. Like, he got a big contract, too. He's going to be there for at least two years. He's, He's somebody so they're going to utilize. It's
2: really hilarious. My team called guys. This team sucks. H-Town <laughs> <laughs> Legends, man. We're here. Now
1: my receivers. My receivers are deadly. The receivers are nice. My receivers, Brown, my T. Receivers Higgins, McLaurin.
2: They got, got a little youth. Got a little got, sleep man, on Drake, guess, Lendon. Drake Lendon.
1: I got Jamar and Cooper Cup. Drake Lendon. And Amari. That is Jamar Cooper Cup. That's, it's unbelievable how you got that. Holy shit. That was the fourth round pick. That's why.
2: Huh
0: Fourth round. Started the fourth, yeah. Holy shit. In our league? Yes. Wow. I was going to say some a foul shit. He went because it was the two. John was before me, took Tay, and before that was Alave. Holy I wanted shit. one of those three. I was like, give me Tay, Alave, or Cup. I got
1: I got. A That's a steal. I'm going to look back in the draft and see who I drafted. at round. I told you were, one. you were after me.
2: Now, Nine I one. took JT and Brees yeah. over Cooper. I can live with that. That's valid. I can yeah. live with
1: that. I might have taken Kenneth Walker. You didn't take Walker in the third, did you? No, it might have nah. been the third of the fourth. You took
2: AJ before I took JT. That shit hurted bad. Right, I took. Hurts yeah, it. I took Brees. Did you take a receiver again? So
1: I don't know. Because that's AJ Joe Burrow, two, Burrow. AJ Pollard,
0: maybe round three. No, I no, no, no he didn't get Brown. Pollard. Jer has Pollard. Oh. I wanted Pollard. Oh right, you want? You're trying to trade for him. Yeah. You have Kenneth Walker, Miles Sanders. So wasn't that dude? If you want Kenneth Walker in the third, you're fucking nuts.
1: I'm going to look. I, how do you search that I out? I got
0: you, bro. Don't worry about it, man. I, I got you, Um man. Who's your second quarterback? Aaron Rodgers. It wasn't Rodgers. Who's your tight end? Not anyone? Aaron Waller.
1: Yeah. Who the fuck's taking third round? It might have been Kenneth.
2: T. Higgins. Oh, T. Ah, T. 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 I guess
1: that's pick. Good pick. Cool. pick. Yeah. So Should have definitely won Cooper Cup, though. Over T? I had no idea Cooper Cup was that low. He was there. He didn't. On the board as hell. Yeah, T. Higgins, man. My receivers are stacked. They are, because I'm look. I'm out. I'm I'm projecting. You know, when T Higgins, if he leaves Cincinnati, why would you want to leave Cincinnati?
2: <laughs> Should I have taken Drake
0: Lynn? Because they can't the pay pits? everybody. Uh, I would probably take Pitts. All right, cool. I'd rather have the tight end than the receiver, and they both have high upside. The
2: only other person I was thinking was Kyler. We'll live with that.
1: Drake <laughs> Lynn is going to have that. Geno Smith,
2: QB 2 Over We're here. I'm him. Okay. And that's going
1: to do it for this episode of we've the Pick a side ass
2: Podcast. Ass a, yo, I will tell you what, we've had some some good podcasts. You know, you necessarily have fun every podcast. I wouldn't say we have fun yeah, every sometimes podcast. You, sometimes you don't. This was fun. We talked about Damien Lillard for ball. four weeks it's in It's the a row. first
1: time we've talked about NFL in a long time. That's
2: maybe what it is. Maybe I really missed it more than I let off.
1: And I, I'm kind of curious, you know, does the audience want us to talk about the AFC more? Do they want us to transition to the NFC South for the next NFL episode? I don't think anyone no. wants
0: to hear us talk about
1: the NFC South. Or the NFC in general. Okay, okay. Because we're going to do two divisions per episode. This one was the AFC South and North. So next episode will be the AFC West or East, mm-hmm. which that's going to be loaded, jam-packed, or yeah. the NFC East and West and Absolutely. then North Absolutely. and South.
2: A couple yeah. things before we close. Listen, make sure you guys go subscribe to the Patreon. We're dropping sure. exclusive content over there. Of course, Joel already mentioned at the beginning of the show, the merch. Look at how fly my boy Joel Dells looked. Look at how handsome my brother Joel Moran looks. And, of course, your boy. I look stunning. I know. You don't have to tell me, but I take it anyway. Regardless, Ow. we appreciate you guys. Whoa, anyway. whoa, whoa, whoa. Take uh, it easy there, there. Well all right? Let's it. wait till we Winnis end the show. Part of You're nuts. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, Patreon, go subscribe for the exclusive content, especially when we talk about Summer League.
1: You guys can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.
3: This is Trevor Lane from the LakersNation.com podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team podcast network and business operations. Now, they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to WeFunder.com slash Blue Wire.